direct from the web, it's Billy Masters Live. And now, please welcome your host, Billy Masters. Okay. This is a big one. Now, it's not the first time I've said that on the web. Welcome to Billy Masters Live. Uh, I am, you know, of course, your host, Billy Masters. I'm a little uh, uh, flustered today because there is so much going on. Oh, um, thank you, Monica. Yes, today is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. Is it the 16th already? My God. It's... Uh, Freezing rain here in Boston. We've been in the teens. I think we're in the 30s today. And um, uh, this, you know, for, for, for Supreme fans watching today's show, let me just tell you right now, I am going to piss at least one of you off, probably multiple people, because here's what I have learned in preparing this show. Nobody agrees on anything. We all have our favorite moments, our favorite Supremes, our points of view. So I'm, uh, and, and by the way, I will contradict myself many times in the course of the show, because like most people in real life, I can hold two points of view at the exact same time, even if they're completely contrary. Um, but we are here to celebrate the life and legacy of Mary Wilson and the Supremes. As most of you know, um, we lost Mary. I lost. Like, I was at the mall. Where'd she go? You know, it's so... It's, uh, the, the euphemisms people use are just sort of extraordinary to me. But Mary Wilson passed away last week at such a young age. And suddenly, and we will talk about that. Um, and, you know... Andy Scoro, uh, who is here, um, said to me, you know, he wanted to hear my Supreme story. Okay, I have to get up for a second because I've got to show you. This is very well worn. Ugh. This was a gift on my 18th birthday. Do you see this? This poster was on the wall of my parents, of my bedroom at my parents' house. I am here in Boston right now. It was under my bed. So, and... Uh, it was given to me by my friend John, who, you know, as a young gay boy who was coming out, you know, one of the things that I find interesting about the gay community is that, you know, it's not, we're not connected by blood, we're not connected by uh, ethnicity or family. We create a family and it's a culture of... Um, of shared ideas and tastes and preferences, etc. And um, John took it upon himself to introduce me to things that, as a gay person, I should know. Like, he was the first one that showed me Bette Midler in concert, who showed me The Ritz, the, the movie The Ritz. Um, he also introduced me, in many ways, to The Supremes. And Andy did a... Um, Facebook Live this past Sunday, if anyone's looking for it, um, it it's it's amazing. It's two and a half hours, so get comfy. But it's uh, amazing. And everybody kind of told the same story. So I'm going to tell a story. Um, I had the Supremes poster. I had the Supremes like all over my wall. I had them everywhere. And when Mary Wilson wrote Dream Girl, My Life's a Supreme, which, you know, you would think I have the still handy. I do. 
There it is. Look, still, dream girl. My life is a supreme. Um, she came to Boston to do a book signing. Now, I'm going to show some pictures that I found yesterday. Thankfully, I'm in Boston right now, and I have, like, the old photo albums handy. So she did a book signing at Copley Place. And she, we were lined up. There were at least a couple hundred people there. And um, she comes walking down the aisle. And here she is walking down the aisle. We are lined up on both sides. Needless to say, I wasn't going to get closer and lose my place in line. But I did take pictures. So there she is coming towards us. And I'm in line. Now, there were a couple people in line. A couple people. There were hundreds of people in line before me. So I had time to kind of take pictures of Mary because I was there alone. By the way. I do 99% of these things alone because I don't need people slowing me down. The problem is you don't have someone there to take a photo of you. So you have to rely on the kindness of strangers, which has always worked quite well for me. And so I'm taking pictures of these people. By the way, if any of these people are looking at this show and want a picture, I've got them. And then there was this other one and Mary's like, oh, child, yeah, Diane, she did this. Okay, so I gave my camera to someone behind me in line, and they're a very young Billy Masters, and this is the last time Mary looked at me this nicely. Let me just say that. So uh, that is me, and just in case you don't believe it's me, a terrible picture, but there we are, and God love her, she did smile. Now, yeah, you know, again, then I started performing, I started writing, I started doing lots of things. We came into contact many times. And um, the last time, and if Cheryl Lee Ralph is backstage, which she is not, I hate to tell this story. I'm going to save this, uh, the last time I saw Mary for a later point in the show. But it is my greatest sadness that we never became friends. I don't want to say Mary hated me. <laughs> Because I don't think she really thought that much about me. But, you know, there's a, in, in the New Adventures of Old Christine, Julia Louis-Dreyfus at one point says, whenever I try to be nice, it comes out mean. Well, that's kind of me. You know, if you don't know me, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? I would say things to Mary that she would not appreciate. And she would just say, well, what does that mean? And then, of course, I'd have to leave. So we we would come into contact many times, and we were always very friendly with each other. But I just wanted to be Mary Wilson's best friend. And didn't happen. Now, there are people on this panel today who will tell you that whenever I say anything, they just laugh hysterically. And... Um, Thank God for them. And I'm actually going to start with the one in the white turban because I know she laughs at everything I say. Um, you know, that Mary Wilson became a household name is an incredible credit to her. This is someone who never had a hit with her own voice in terms of singing, who was known for snapping and clapping and ooing and eyeing. How many backup singers do you know by name? None. And the fact that she became a huge star and a recognizable name is unprecedented, I don't think. However, there is a backup singer who is huge, but she also had a lot of hits on her own. And she is legendary and 
Also, I am proud to say, my friend, and one of the first guests on Billy Masters Live, making a triumphant return, <laughs> Darlene Love. <laughs> that's right. I do laugh at you. <laughs> you do laugh at me. You also hit me a lot, but that's okay. <laughs> Can I, you know, they, one of the things I love about you and also about Mary is you've got an incredible spirit and you have incredible love of life. And whenever I saw you and Mary together, you were always laughing. You yes. always had a great time. Do you remember how you met Mary? Yes. I was doing a television show in 1965 called Shindig. Shindig. In Los Angeles. And it was the first actually international television show, rock and roll show that was on television. We were on actually twice a week. And oh, wow. The Supremes were the they were all guests from anybody that had a hit record back then mm -hmm. on Shindig. You know, it was just the show to be on. Right. And which and group were you a part of at this blossoms. time? <laughs> the Blossoms. <laughs> and it was, I, you know, I was so excited to meet the Supremes. You know, it was just, I've never met them before, but I heard, you know, all week. Their music was wonderful. I loved their songs. Who broke first, the Blossoms or the Supremes? No, the Supremes, because the Blossoms didn't have a hit. Oh, really? So we were still the background singers then. Mm. And everybody that came on Shindig, we would do their back. We always pre-recorded the music. and But the lead singer always sang, sang live. Right. So we, we had about four or five days together, which was wonderful. And who I met out of all the girls and who became friendly with me and the Blossoms, was Mary. And what was it about Mary that you two connected? I I think it's just what you said about life. She was mm. happy about where she was and what she was doing. Uh, she actually grateful, like I was. Right. I'm very grateful to be able to be a part of this music business that we call business. I mean, it's a, one of the hardest businesses in the world. Why anybody would want to be in it, I don't know. <laughs> well, and what I love about you is that you would go from lead singer to backup. You didn't care. When Cher says, can you sing backup for me on my tour? You're there, but you're also on Letterman singing, singing lead. So you just love working. Yeah, and I love singing. Yeah. And I didn't even try to have a solo career till the 80s. I was yeah. still doing background. I worked with Dionne Work for 10 years as one of her backup singers. Now, what I loved about Mary, she was just, I didn't, you know, she, this is a big star coming to do our television show. And I sure. was like, oh, my God, there she is. I want to meet her. Before we could go to her, she came to us. She wow. came to our dressing room. And we sat and we laughed and we talked like we had been knowing each other forever. Hmm. That's what was so great about her. We had almost same, like the same kind of background. Yeah. We just wanted to be friends with everybody. We wanted to have a good time. It's not so much that star thing. Right. She, she didn't act like a star. She just was regular. You know, How she, was, at that point, it was Florence and Diana. Did you yes, have a relationship with either of them? No. No. Matter of fact, Diana had a room by herself. And Florence and, and Mary were together in a room. Right. But we didn't even know that until 
later, later, later during the show because we started at five thirty in the morning, right? Pre taping. I mean, it was an all all week long, all you know. So we had a lot of time to sit and talk and laugh and get to know one another. So I went, you know what? I like you. Because you're like me. You don't care. You just want to love everybody. You want to be friendly. You know, and that was a great spirit for somebody like Mary to have. Because Mary was a superstar. Right. And we just loved, and she could get along with anybody on the show. We had regulars on the show, like the Righteous Brothers. I mean, and everybody just got along with everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's what that was my whole meeting of Mary, which I was very surprised about and very happy about. And it's funny, everybody who meets Mary says the same thing. Like if they were going to be friends with one person in the group, it was Mary who also was very outgoing, very energetic, loving. I have photos of you two. So this is you guys at the, um, what the hell, where is this? We were in Washington, D.C., lobbying Congress. Oh, tell people, right. Pre-1972 royalties. Right. Now, the amazing thing about that was we didn't even realize we weren't getting royalties. The royalties should have been getting because the Blossoms had so many records that we did background for. We were getting royalties regularly. Mm -hmm. We didn't even know there was a law that they had passed that said we couldn't get royalties. Yeah, which is incredible. People don't realize you artists did not get your due. And then there was the other thing Mary was fighting for was that to stop people from just showing up and saying, hi, I'm a Supreme. And people are like, who the hell are you? Right, exactly. Which was really, really great because traveling around the country, we ran into so many people who were the Temptations, who were the Supremes. Who were whoever had a name? That's who they were. But what did they? They got a little slick and start saying, "We we are not them. We are honoring them." Right, right. So and um, that way. But I was so happy that Mary went to court and fought for that and got the right to, it, I, not to use her name. Yeah, I think it's in like, and George or Andy will tell me. I think it's in like thirty six states now. It's not nationwide, but they're yeah. working on it. And, and it um, takes a while because you can't keep up with everybody, you know. People make a living in just one town, like singing in bars, right? Being the Supremes, right? And who's going to call them on it? Surely not the people that's there. They don't know any. Well, it's funny. I remember seeing my friend Freddie will laugh when I say this, but I remember someplace that they said peaches and herb and there's old herb and there's some 22 year old. I said, who the hell is that? And I think it's like whoever can fit in the dress, your peaches tonight. Yes, that's right. That's right. And, you know, I do a Christmas show every year and it would always end at Bergen Pack in New Jersey. It's a huge theater. And I had been trying to get Mary on the show. Oh, really? So finally we got in touch with her and she said, oh, I'd love to. I mean, she was just elated. Yes. It's almost like, you really want me to be on your Christmas show? I said, well, of course, I'd be honored for you to be on that show. Or on that show also was Sissy Houston. Right. So we had to rehearse during the day. So me and Mary hung out in the evening. So I, we really, and we hadn't seen each other in years. So we had a mm-hmm. whole lot to talk about. Because by then, there wasn't Supremes anymore. It was Mary. 
She was right. the one that was hanging on to the name. She was the one that was working. She was the one that came up with all these unbelievable ideas to tour with the gowns. I mean, I well, said, who did that? You're just like a bad penny. You're going to turn up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just, just love the whole idea. She worked hard for that name. And she loved it. That's the yes. other thing. And, you know, can I say one other thing that the two of you had in common, as I've hung out with both of you, you a little more than her, is that you were both fans of the business of other artists. I have seen you, you know, you, you'll be singing with Bruce Springsteen, but you're looking at him like, oh my God, he's Bruce Springsteen. Exactly. Like how lucky are we to be in this business? I tell you, and you know what? They get these people that I think are super, superstars end up really loving you, right. liking you because they know your history. You know, they knew the Supreme's history. They knew yep. my history and they become your fans. So we can sit around and talk all day long and never say that's the star. Okay. Well, I think, you know, you, there is that idea that you're looking at them like they're a star. But you don't know. They may be looking at you like, oh, my God, you're Darlene Love. Exactly. I do pinch myself when I'm around you. Somebody says, you know Darlene Love. I said, I know. Can you believe it? I could call Darlene Love on the phone and say, Darlene, what's happening? Yes. And the other thing, people don't really know or didn't know what kind of voice Mary had. Right. Oh, my God. You know, it's like whoever in this business who chooses who do what, who Mary had voice of life. It was so oh, sweet. You know sultry. what I mean? Deep into you it went. Mm -hmm, her yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was surprised when it got because I never heard her sing. <laughs> so when well, I, the mics weren't on on Shindig. But <laughs> <laughs> when she did sing, yeah. it was amazing because she had a wonderful solo career. People yeah. loved her. They really did. No, she wasn't Donna Ross, but they loved Mary. They didn't have a lot of time to really get to know Florence. No, unfortunately. unfortunately. And the, but the thing is, is Mary also carved her own niche. She did a lot of jazz. She loved Nancy Wilson. And yes. um, here's a photo of the two of you on stage together. Where's this? Yes, this was at Bergen Pack. I mean, oh, this was the Christmas Jersey, show. New Jersey Pack. Yes. Okay. Uh, that was so much fun because uh. us being together during doing a Christmas show together. And I got to see her gowns. I got to hang out in the dressing room with her. So it was like, it was a one-on-one -on -one thing. I will never forget her as long as I live. One of the things that I will always remember when my sister passed, Mary called and we were on the phone maybe two or three minutes, not very long at all. But then mm -hmm. she sent me a letter that I will never, I will keep with me forever talking about how we lose people that we love mm -hmm. and nothing can take that that space. You know, you get over it, but you never forget it. No, that of course. stays with you all the time, all the time. And the thing that she said at the very end of the letter, she said, I love you, my musical friend. And I went, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Every time I think about that, I just, I, I can't do anything but think about her. No. And I lost my sister before, uh, what, uh, back in... It's only been nine months, six, six months? Not yeah. that long. No. And you know what? We in this business, if we could love each other and care for each other like Mary and I did, 
what a business this would be. But we a lot of times we can't. It's right. just like you said, and it's so true. You're not going to make everybody happy. Somebody and you can't. mad at you after this show is over. Because I've had... <laughs> Doring. She's lying, honey. I know that didn't happen. How do they know that? No. You know what I'm saying? People make up stuff all the time, and they're really making up stuff. Who don't have to make up nothing? <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, it's a tribute to Mary and to you. Mary, that everybody I asked to be on this show, everyone said yes. And Darlene knows this. Darlene's been on this show before. We planned just you and I to talk, and I got Mark Shaman and Paul Schaefer to show up. And you're all like, how'd you get Paul Schaefer? I said, I just asked. And yes, he man. said, I would do anything for Darlene Love. You know, people who give out that love, they get it back. They really do, and that's so true. When I met, uh, one of the things in my life, meeting other entertainers that know uh -huh. you, and you don't know they know you. Right. <laughs> And when I met Bruce Springsteen, I got this phone call from him. And he said, I'd like for you to do the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with me right. this year. And I'm going, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know who I am? <laughs> I, and then I didn't hear from him for weeks. And I'm going, does anybody know what's going on? I know you all personally. <laughs> and what are we going to sing? What are we going to do? And he sings one of my songs he does. that I sang in my show called I the, the name of the song is oh um uh he changed it from boy to girl. Right. And we sung that song in the But show. he sang it as boy with you. Yes. Yes, he it did. Was, it was crazy. He said, Of course. And it's almost like, of course I know who you are. <sighs> well, so that's what Mary and I, the connection we had. I think the good people find each other. They really and, do. And we were happy in each other's present right and I, together we were happy you know like we have been knowing each other for years and as entertainers we don't get to see each other all the never time. right that's the other thing and we're not phone people nobody no. calls all the time nobody texts all the time because there's always so much to do but right. when we are together it's like you can talk for two hours and never get through and it's get good thing is two hours and they say well, come <laughs> Show is starting. Let me tell you, the best seat in the house is backstage in a dressing room with you. Because right. you hear such, oh, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> Darlene, I love you. I could talk to you forever, but I got so many people. Thank you for doing the show. I, I, well, you know I love you, obviously, I'm, and I'm I know you love Mary. I'm so glad you called me for this. This is wonderful. Love to Sherry and Frida. Rita did my Christmas show, too, a yeah. couple of times. It's so. a small world. What do I very, tell you? Very. For you to have this group on for Mary, God bless uh, Sweetheart, I love you. Love to the family. We'll talk soon. All right, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, you know, I, every once in a while, I do pinch myself because while Mary Wilson did not become my best friend, so many others did. All right, so I see somebody backstage. So I will tell the story of the last time I was with Mary Wilson. That was with Shirley Ralph, who's now looking up from her screen going, oh God, what story's coming now? Okay. And by the way, Cheryl Ralph, another person, whenever I call her, and she, it can be at the last minute, and she's like, I'm in. 
If I'm not on a plane, I'm there. And I appreciate this. So at Diva Simply Singing, which if you don't know, is Cheryl Lee Ralph's annual fundraiser for AIDS. Longest running fundraiser for AIDS. Cheryl Lee Ralph is a tireless warrior and yet looks fabulous as a warrior. So. I'm backstage because I've appeared at Diva Simply Singing a million times with Jennifer Lewis or with Cheryl. I mean, I'm always there somehow. I worm my way into that show. And we're backstage. Now, this year, I'm with Jennifer Lewis. Reby Jackson was performing. Now, I'd never met Reby before, but you kind of get excited because it's a Jackson. And, um, but, you know, you also know it's Reby. And so, but... She could not have been nicer. She was like my best friend. We're giggling, we're tittering, we're laughing, we're joking. It was as if I knew her forever. Well, here's something people don't know about Mary Wilson. As fun as she was, she was very proper. And she was very much of the idea that I am your elder. And while we can have fun, I still should be respected. So I'm backstage with Jennifer Lewis, and Jennifer sees Reby. There's Reby. Look at look how fabulous Reby looks. And um, we're backstage, and um, I'm hanging out with Reby. There I am with Reby. Cheryl, who the hell is that in the background? He's handsome. Anyway, so I'm with Reby now, and she's older, and we're backstage, and she's like a little older. She goes on stage to do Centipede. It was like some 18-year-old girl. She was dancing. She was writhing. She was jiggling. I couldn't believe it. I get backstage and I went, well, Miss Reby, somebody just went out there and sang your song for you. I don't know who it was, but it was some young, skinny little bitch writhing around and singing Centipede. And she's laughing. That was me, Billy. And I'm like, well, you turned back the hands of time. You were so great, blah, blah, blah. Mary was not happy about this conversation. And Mary turned to me, you know, Billy, she is Miss Jackson. She's not Reby. She's not your best friend. And Reby kind of rolled her eyes and laughed. And we just kind of like, okay, whatever. So anyway, and so Reby took a picture with Mary. There's Mary. And then I thinking, well, it's not going to get any better than this. Mary and I did take a picture and she does look happy. It's not like she didn't like me. It's just she wanted to teach me. And then I just was looking at her because I adored her. But there is somebody who I adore more than anyone else. And again, when I can just pick up the phone and say, Cheryl, Billy. And she goes, yeah, what do you need? Cheryl Lee Ralph, the queen of green screen with no green screen. What is happening? Oh, man, Billy, I have to tell you, you know, I've been this whole thing with Mary has <laughs> Like, I don't know. I think I've reached like my Rubicon with all of yeah. And I'm feeling it just put me in a space of, I think it's like PTSD. Yeah. And honest to God, Billy, I feel like I'm back in the day when I was just losing all my friends and I just... Oh. I couldn't cross one more name out of my phone book. You know, back when we had phone books. Yeah, and you had to use whiteout or something. When I saw your video lying in bed crying, I mean, literally crying, no makeup. I mean, that's the other thing. People see you so gorgeous. They don't know, like, you don't care. 
A real emotion is a real emotion. And the things you said about Mary, who you just talked to a month ago. Right. It was, for, for me, it was sort of, you know, I always, you know, since the whole time back in the day with AIDS, I've always believed that we never have as much time as we think we have. I've always said that since that time because I learned that. Right. But I did not know it would be like Mary. When I did the very first Divas, if you can believe it, 31 years ago. Can you believe? The the embryo that I was producing, you know, it was just amazing. And when I called. And uh, take a look at this picture from the first. Look at that. Look at Mary right there with me. Look at Gorgeous. Her. I know. You know, and she. And she was called, there. The first person at the first Divas. And she called Marilyn McCool, who was there, and Frida, who was there. Yep, they're now, in the picture. They're they're all right there, you know. And I was just like, wow, you know, when when I think about that, and I, you know, I I, I say I'm that little girl, you know, I'm that little eight year old that I I watched that show Shindig. I saw all <laughs> right. stars, you know. I put my T-shirt on because that was the T-shirt was your wig to be your hair. Yeah, yeah, that was your hair and your hairbrush was your microphone. Sure. And I had that big mirror that my parents had in the living room. So I had my studio and the many times that I was just like, you know, with the yellow T-shirt because that was Mary Wilson blonde. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like Mary J. Blige blonde, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the first time she came to Dreamgirls? Uh, oh, my God. We all remember when, when Mary Wilson up <laughs> because it was just like, it was interesting because we wanted to get vindicated. And she was like, of course, oh, girl, I can see it's not really the Supremes, but a lot of it feels very familiar, very familiar. Because you've got to be wondering, like, how is she going to react? Exactly. That's what we all wanted to know was how was she going to react to it? And um, she says, oh, I'm going to write about this. So this is going to be wonderful for all of us. P.S. Because she wrote the book. Exactly. I know. My life as a Supreme. Oh, she used it. it that's a very interesting thing about, about Mary. She was a very savvy businesswoman. Yeah. Mary knew that she had something special in the Supremes and she wasn't going to lose it, you know, as a, a survivor. Exactly. Exactly. In some ways, that's like me and Dreamgirls. Oh, I, I, I know no one can take it away from us, but I won't let it happen either. No, I you are very protective of your legacy. Ab absolutely. Because legacy, you know, I lost my mother two years ago and my had a great legacy and yep. I understand the value of legacy, especially a good one. You know, we talked with Darlene about the fact that, you know, when you have this joyful spirit, when you give this out, you get it back. Y'all like that. You and Mary were very similar in that way that you always have time. Look, I've been with you so many times. You have time for every fan, every conversation. Even if you're in a rush, you are always so gracious. Was that something you learned from seeing those who came before you? Or is that just who you are? That's, you know what, a lot of it. I say I was mentored by great women. I was mentored by Nancy Wilson. 
I was mentored by Mary Wilson. I was mentored by Virginia Capers, who's also in that first Dream Girls. Yep. I was mentored by Rosalind Cash. These women poured the best of themselves in me. And I am all the better for the artist that I am. And I don't take it lightly. No. No. I would I would have to say that every single one of them all shared with me the fact that if you make it, if you're a star, if you're a, a star on any level, even if it's just celebrity, people put you there. Mm -hmm. and you've got to be good to those people because just as easily as they put you there, they take you down. Yeah, I think there's a re, you know, I, I worked for Joan Rivers for years. And when I was young and a very young comic, she taught me because my job was to get her from the theater into a limo. And, you know, people always stop her. She would send me off. She's like, those people made me who I am. I always have time for them. And she taught me a lesson. It's easier to sign the autograph than it is to explain why you can't. But nowadays, you're very, very careful about signing autographs because your doggone signatures end up <laughs> in strangest places. <laughs> Cheryl, who is this group? Let's look at this. This is more recent. Oh, my gosh. Well, wait a minute. Look at that. That is... All right. Sherry and Frida there. Reby. Oh, my God. Frida has that body that just won't end. She oh, I know. Even right now. That's Reby right there. That's Mary. That's me. That's, um. oh my God. This. Oh my God. Why am I blanking? And I know this woman. This woman is my friend. And I hate when I do this. You know too many people, Cheryl. Oh my goodness. And. Um, I think I took this picture. I bet and you did. <laughs> I bet you did. This was backstage at Divas. Yeah, this is afterwards. We would always do photos. Yes. And I love this one. I just have to say. The senator sneaking into your picture. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> loved my husband. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. She thought that Vincent was just the cutest, sweetest thing. And Everybody I, loves him. Ah, uh, thank you. Yes, they do. He's, he's, he's definitely one of those likable men. Yeah. Now, if he runs for U.S. senator, I want everybody to vote for him. But anyway, I digress. Mary loved my husband. And it was so interesting because she loved dream girls, too. And I'd always have to say, Mary, I'm the dream girl. <laughs> dream, and that is my husband. You've had yours. Thank you. Oh. Back off, Wilson. <laughs> you, again, you're, you, you have done so much. You are iconic. Another one like Mary, who always gives back. So when I saw your response to Mary's passing, it touched me so much because I know you. And I always want to say to people, that is Cheryl. That is Cheryl's heart. She puts it on the line and she will tell you, my heart is broken. Mm -hmm. And uh, my heart was so my heart was so broken, you know, and it's like, I, I don't know. I'm just at that place. I can't, I can't do them. I don't want to go to a memorial. I don't want to see pictures. It's like, you know, right. look at this with, with Mary's gone. Miss Tyson is gone. My mm. lost her sister. My friend lost her mother. Another friend lost her sister. I lost my uncle. And I was just like, you know what, you all, I think that I just need to sit down 
right. because I, 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 I'm just there at that place. I, it's just too much. It's just too much. And then, then we have to carry on, you know, we have to carry on because sometimes when you start to show a crack, it becomes a big old hole and then you start falling into it. And I yeah. said, you know what, I'm just going to pause. So, and then I got booked and I'm on my way to Canada. To- yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what you were texting me. You said, if I'm not on the plane. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do a series called Motherland Fort Salem for Freeform, mm-hmm. where I pre- play the president of the United States. And Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and yesterday, you know, they were celebrating President's Day and they were celebrating Kelly Wade, the 45th president in an alternative world. And I've just been elected to a a second uh, term. So I have an opponent who refuses to give up. Now, it's interesting. That this was, what does that sound like? This was all written <laughs> a long time ago, you know? So we've already had the first season. We see what I'm up against. And I, I, I have got to let this person know this is not the way it's going to go down. Democracy is not going anywhere. If anything, you'll be gone before me. But I can say that, but we don't know what the writers have in store. <laughs> um, before I let you go, and I, I'm going to bring on Sherry. So, Sherry, look up. Um, I know that you would like to say hi to Sherry Payne. So, Sherry, just want, I, since the two of you were in that photo, this unbelievable photo, um, uh, Cheryl, thank you for keeping us informed with what's going on with the artists that have been in the past and keeping them out there for us. We appreciate it. That's you, Sherry Payne. Yeah. Now you get to carry on, and I know you can. Oh, in Mary style. Exactly. Oh. Hug for me. I will. All right. <laughs> Cheryl, thank you so yeah. much for doing Cheryl, thank you so much for doing this. I know you gotta go. I love you for always being there for me. Bye, sweetheart. Hey, Sherry Payne. Hi, Billy. Frida's backstage waiting also. I'm looking for her. She hasn't popped in yet. I'm waiting for her. She's been waiting. Oh, I don't think she went into the room yet. Frida, if you're watching this, click on Enter the Studio. She is not there yet. Do you want me to put you in the backstage and you can just check on her? She thinks oh. she did it wrong. She's on my daughter's cell phone and watching. Oh, she is watching. She might be watching on YouTube. You have to click on the StreamYard link, no, Frida. Clicked on. What did you click on, Free? I'm watching on Sherry's phone. We're talking. She's watching. Oh, wait, wait. No, wait. No, that, no, that's a pointer coming in the background. <laughs> um, Dang. And, and the... Um, before. Well, tell her, all right, Frida, Frida, while, while I'm talking to Sherry, Frida, leave the link and then come back in and maybe that'll work. That's what she okay. Do. She okay. Yeah. Sherry, I first off, I want to thank you. I know that this has been so hard for you because, again, you were the last lead singer of the Supremes. Yeah. You had a long friendship with Mary yeah. and this had to have come out of nowhere. Oh, it was a total shock. At first, we thought maybe it was a hoax. Yeah, me too. We found out before the media did, uh, almost in- immediately, um, that it was not a hoax. And, you know, I don't like to say lost. I like to say gone on. Right. She's exactly. not lost. We know exactly where she is. She's with the Lord. 
Um, you know, you had, how did you get, because it was Mary really who selected you to be the last lead singer That's of the right. Supremes. And it was, was it Eddie Holland who had recommended you? No, it was Lamont Dozier. Oh, Lamont Dozier. Okay. Lamont at that time was my boyfriend when I was at Invictus. All Park. right, Sherry. And he had come out <laughs> to California on a trip and he ran into Mary at a gathering and she told him Jean Terrell had just left the group and they were looking for another lead singer. So naturally he told her about me. And so uh, she called me. We talked. I sent pictures, the uh, copy of the Glass House album at one of the albums. Which is so great. Couple. Yeah. And then she called me that Thursday night. I remember so clearly. I was over to my best friend's house, Walter and Barbara Gaines. Walter was a member of the of group, the originals. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, she said, I love what I saw. Can you come to LA? I said, well, when? She said, how about Saturday? I said, Saturday? I said, oh, okay. So I told Lamont and Barbara and Walt and went on home and then my mother, I told my mother, I said, oh, I can't do it. I said, am I crazy? The Springs, this is too, this is too big. And my mother gave me that big pep talk like a mother would do. And of Saturday course. morning I was on that plane and Cindy Birdsong picked me up at the airport and uh, we went right to Mary's house, suitcases and everything. And we started in re rehearsing because I didn't know they had a gig the following Saturday in New Mexico State Fair. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but Mary was so much fun. She was tenacious. She was um, bouncy. I mean, she put everything. Her life was the Supremes and it showed uh, um, she exposed me to a whole new world. Coming from Detroit, this little girl who um, I had really hadn't been anywhere except to uh, maybe Canada or, or Puerto Rico with my sister and mother when Frida was performing. But, uh, you know, I had uh, uh, graduated from Michigan State and I got my degree in medical technology and I was teaching in Detroit, teaching senior ungraded wow. boys. <laughs> and then I got with Invictus Records and um, even did a year t touring with uh, Charo with uh, Carolyn Crawford. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh-huh. And then uh, uh And then all of a sudden here you are. Here I am. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and you know, uh, one of the things you did which I I um think we requires a special note, which is you didn't go in and try to copy what Diane did, what Jeannie did. You really made the songs your own, including, you know, everybody talks about My World is Empty, the slow version oh, yeah. that, you know, we've talked about earlier how you can never make all the fans happy. How did the fans take to you? Well, I think I think most of them liked me, I hope. I, I hope so, so too. Sensitive, and that's why I have to stop being so sensitive because you can't please everybody. All can't. I can do is be me, do the best I can to present myself. And so that's what I did. And right. Mary was an encourager. Cindy Birdsong was an encourager. And then when Sue Green came in, she was a tremendous encourager. So, and I know I've had problems with like self-esteem, believe it or not, people, most people won't believe You? It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, um, you know, I get my reinforcement from wonderful friends and other fans who boost me or compliment me or just, just show their love for me. And, uh, of course, Mary was a big supporter as well. And said, so you got this, girl. You got it. So... And again, we should also mention you are a member of the former ladies of the Supremes with Joyce Vincent, but you are, it's you and Suze, and here are pictures of the group. Again, keeping the legacy alive. I mean, that's Supreme glamour. 
Had to do it. You got to keep it going. Got to keep it in tradition. You know, again, you have that training. Um, and I don't, so Frida still can't get in. So I'm going to show, I have to show a clip because I think this is one of the most extraordinary clips. Um, uh, I'm not going to even say what it is. I'm just going to show this clip and then we'll talk about it. Okay, people, just here's a little treat that you're not going to see very often. Sherry and Frida Payne as Supremes. That's Houston. You guys just all happened to be there. How does it turn out that Mary says, you know what would be fun? Well, <laughs> Is if you two stood back there and sang back up. And I don't think it was planned. She called me from the audience. I was so surprised. Like, dang, like, wow. We had so much fun that night. It was just fantastic. <laughs> And, and people should know, Frida and Mary are like best best friends. Right, yes. Were they right. friends before you joined the group, or did they become friends when you joined the group? They were friends even before. Oh, they were. Because our families had always been close with Barry's family. And in fact, Frida oh. was her first artist even before. She was her first, his first artist, right? Yeah, as, as she will tell you. And so when they saw each other one time over in Europe, and the Supremes had just had their big hit, and they were, I think, in France or England somewhere. And she and Barry hooked up again. He said, you know, you should be with Motown, blah, 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 blah. But that didn't happen for the second time. But that's another story, Frida, I'll tell you. Right. But Frida and Mary knew each other and uh, were friends way back then, back in the uh, 60s. Again, it's kind of what we were saying. And because I see Darlene sitting back there. Darlene, we're, it's a small world. Hey, Sherry. <laughs> Hi, Darlene. <laughs> you know, Darlene knows she's not coming back on the show, but she's having a good time watching. That's it, yes. At any point, Darlene, I may go to you. Oh, no, no, no. I want to watch. I want to watch. <laughs> Goodbye. So <laughs> she's like my virtual audience. You know, who could be so lucky to have an audience like Darlene Love? Um, so, Sherry, one thing we, we have to just address briefly mm -hmm. is the Return to Love tour because, again, it polarized fans. Sure you kind of got stuck in the middle. That's Your crazy. feeling was, and I think fans really have to understand, that while Mary uh, Diana did want to get together with Mary and Cindy, she always wanted other all the Supremes to join. You initially thought you were going to be in the background mm -hmm. for Mary, Cindy, and Diana. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When I got the call from, I think, what was his name? Um, last name was Sander. Yeah, Scott. Scott Sander, yes. And he called me on a Thursday. I was speaking with Sue Green at the time, and I clicked over, and, it was, and he said, I'm a producer for the Return to Love Tour, blah, blah, blah. 
and Diana would love to have you join the tour. And I said, oh, wow. I said, I'm just talking to Sue. Say, let me hang up. And so I continued the conversation. And I said, well, who would I be singing with? It would be you, Mary, and Cindy with Diana. I said, oh, I thought I would be at a, a microphone off stage or something right. to the harmony. And uh, so later on that night, um, when he called me back, I said, what about the other Supremes? He said, well, who are they? I said, there's Jean Terrell. They didn't even uh, Linda know. Lawrence. I was no. just speaking with her and uh, uh, Suze Green. So um, that would be wonderful if we had them too. So the next morning, Friday morning, Scott called and said, I ran that idea by Diana of having all the group and she loved it. Yeah. And so I said, oh, great. I said, and I that was her? what it, it really was going to be a celebration of all the Supremes. Uh -huh. And, and I remember, can I just interrupt, when, when the show tour was going on and I was doing a radio program at the time and I had you there and you said to me that you had told Scott, I don't care what I have to do. If you need somebody to sweep up the stage, I'm in. <laughs> I said, even, up, even if I'm up there mopping. <laughs> Again, that is that joy and that love that really y'all like, I'm in. What do you need? <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened? I said, because uh, he didn't know their numbers, Gene or nor Linda. So I said, let me call them. And I did. I called Gene. I called Linda. I called Susay. And everybody was in. And so the travel agent booked our flights. We were supposed to leave that following Tuesday morning. And there was a big snowstorm in JFK Airport. Oh. And that changed everything. All of a sudden, things just went haywire. But I remember at one point, uh, I'm trying to remember the city we were in, and I went out, and I was singing my solo, and I looked down, some of the fans in the front row, and they were sitting there like, hmm, what's she doing up there? It's like, I didn't have anything to do with it. I was happy to have a job. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the thing, is I think people did not realize that like it wasn't like you bumped somebody out. No, somebody I was going to sing backstage, and a gig is a gig. Right, a gig is a gig. <laughs> I was happy to be working and we had a great time. Diana was so gracious to us and she was so sorry because she wanted Mary and Cindy there. I mean, right. but she was so wonderful though. Linda and I had a great time. Well, again, what a great experience for you to yes. have been the last lead singer of the Supremes to be with Diane. I mean, that's just yeah. extraordinary. And you and Linda, and I was in the front row with Randy on, on the opening night in, in Philly. In Philly, yep. And, and I... And, you know, I, I shouldn't tell Randy Tarabarelli's story, but I'm going to because I know it includes you, is that... Diana comes down the into the audience, walks over to Randy, who people think that she hates, kisses him and puts her hand on his cheek. And then she went backstage to you and said, I just saw Randy. And you said, yeah, we know she he's there. <laughs> yeah, I always call him my little Randy. Well, because again, he was a child when you guys yeah. met him. Um, I mean, we have such memories, and um, I'm just going to bring in very quickly uh, George and Andy, because I know that George, Andy, and you have so much history. Yeah, and I can't stay a long time. You know, I, I think Eric Iverson told you I have a... Uh, yeah, I'm, you I'm have okay. to leave, right. I have an oncology appointment. Right, no, I know. I'm a breast cancer survivor, almost 10 years. Yay. And I had it at 1.15, so I, I might if I'm too late. No, I know. So I, But I wanted them to come on just to say hi to you because we love you and thank you so much for doing this, Sherry. We really appreciate it. Oh, I love it. I'm so happy and my Supreme Sister has gone on. And so when you think of Mary, don't cry, smile. It's going to take a while because my heart is crying. 
But when you think of her, smile, because Mary was always smiling with that vivacious uh, look and that sexy, sultry voice I know. that she had. She was just magnificent. And keep prayers for her family. They need it. And Sherry, thank you for all of the years of really keeping the Supreme Legacy alive and being a good friend. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I love Mary and will continue always. Forever she'll be in my heart. All right. Thank you, Sherry Payne. Sherry Payne. Bye, honey. Bye-bye. Bye, 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 Andy. Bye, George. All right. So I'm going to talk briefly to George and Andy. George and Andy, um, first off, I've known you for years. George, I've known a little bit more because I remember him clearer just because I had a crush on George. Um, Andy, I, I, don't know, I don't think I had a crush on you. I probably should have. Andy, though, I always heard Andy on, there was a radio station in Provincetown um, with uh, Joe Peroni. Peroni. And um, and Andy always has the best laugh. He's got this, like, a t it is a titter. It really is a titter, I must say. Um, but what people don't know is George and Andy, uh, executive produce a lot of these remastered sets of the Supremes of Diana Ross of a lot of the Motown artists. George, my recollection is you were the one that started doing these before Andy. Is that true? Well, Andy, Andy wasn't born when I started doing this. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why. <laughs> you know, I don't think a couple of the Supremes were born when I started doing it. Oh, uh, please. You know, you've just started showing the silver hair, but you're not that old. I, I know. Well, I know. I just, I did it back in the late 80s the early supreme oh wow like i didn't realize it was that long okay yeah and then and then the rogers and hart collection and then it moved on i did the marvin gay box set and one of our, our favorites the supreme 70s greatest those two forever. box sets are really extraordinary yeah but the most fun is doing them now with andy it really is we have so much fun fun. Them. and we we can't wait we have put out a lot of them we can't wait to get the next one out how did you first meet mary uh george well i saw i go all the way back i was really i think when i was five or six my dad took us to see the shower of stars with the dick clark so as a little kid i saw them do where did our love go and love light in his eyes and, and then i saw them again in 67 i didn't meet mary until 1971 with gene and cindy Oh, wow. We, we snuck backstage, my brother and I, David, snuck backstage, and I was a, a blabbering idiot. I couldn't stop stammering. But Mary, as everybody has said, the other, Gene and Cindy were nice. Mary really took the time, and no matter how annoying I was, and believe me, I'm sure <laughs> I, was an, I, I was annoying. As annoying as me? Uh, well, no. All right, thank Trust you. Me, definitely. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop... Uh, stammering but mary took the time and listened to everything i had to say and got to meet her a few times but i think we became friends sherry and i were doing a show called dream street in las vegas and i think frida was right down the street doing sophisticated ladies at the same time oh and wow mary would come and see the show and since then uh, i've gotten to perform with her she was just uh, as everybody said mary had time for everybody and Andy and Mary well and that's a, Andy will tell you that story because they were very Andy lived with Mary yes he did and Andy tells the story on his Facebook live um give the people who didn't see it an encapsulated version of how you met 
Okay, so um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I will. Um, I met Mary because, like everyone else, uh, I was a fan. Also, I was a fan from the time I was eight years old, and so at the age of at the age of eight, I met Diana Ross, and it was like meeting God. And I did not say the things I wanted to say to her because I, like you said earlier, Billy, you wanted to be Mary's best friend. I wanted to be I Diana's did. best friend. So I. So I, um, at the age of 18, uh, met Mary, and uh, the short version is that I sent her flowers, and I met her after the show, and we spent some time together. She invited me back to see her show again, and we became friends, and then I went to work for her in 1991. First, she asked me if I wanted to be a big brother to her children, which was wonderful, mm -hmm. and I did, and we became, we became family. And then several years later, Alan Poe, who was actually in those pictures that you showed when she was doing her book signing. Oh, hold uh, on, hold on. Let's see. Where where are those? The, so the picture of her walking down the hall. Yeah, that's Alan Poe. Uh, on where? On the left? Picture. Yeah, there he okay. is. Okay. I knew somebody would know who these people were. Yes, okay. and that, I think that's Tom and Grassi and the sunglasses. Okay. Uh, I'm, I mean, it's kind of small. Oh, I knew Tom. Hands. Yeah. So okay. I think that's, I, it looks like Tom and Alan from there. And then of course, okay. Alan is in one of the other shots that you had as well. But yep. Alan, um, Alan got sick. He was, uh, we lost Alan to AIDS in 1995. So, right. um, but I went to work for Mary as her assistant in 1995. And I worked for her for two more years. She moved me to New York from Las Vegas. And um, during that time, uh, I, I, you know, so I went from being a fan to family and a friend to, to a friend to family to an assistant and it was wonderful and, um, and we do have just to just so people can and this probably isn't as old as some of the others i would just like to show this picture that's from 1995 <laughs> that is like the cutest little thing oh thank you <laughs> and again you know to have that memory and just so george doesn't feel left out because george has the hot picture come on <laughs> come on mary who yeah, that was on a cruise. Yeah, I, I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, the the motorcycle says "Ready to live and a ride to live and live to ride." Yeah, so for whatever great reason, great time on that cruise. Mary, we were both performing on that. That was a Norwegian cruise ship. I want to I want to tell a quick story that'll tie all of this together in a really interesting. Okay, so, um, during the time that I worked for Mary, I became friends with Mark Bego. Mm -hmm. And Mark and I became dear friends. Oh, wait, let's just bring Mark in. Because okay. Mark, hi, Mark. Hi there. I just happened to be here. <laughs> I know. Okay, Andy, go ahead. Tell your story. Okay, okay. I'm going to tell them. Now I can't talk behind your back. Um, yeah, you can. <laughs> it's Billy Masters so, Live. I became friends with Mark Vito. And Mark, um, it, who is just, I think that these, these guys on your screen right here, Mark and George, are the most wonderful guys in the world. I talk to these guys oh, every awesome. single day of my life. Thank and, you. And so you're welcome. So, um, so Mark introduced me to Barbara Shelley, who was a publicist. And I, like I said, I'd only worked for Mary for about another two years. So around 1997, I went and did a bunch of other things. So Barbara Shelley was a publicist at that time. She had been a publicist for Aretha and for Motown. And how far back do you and Barbara go, Mark? Back to 1975. I was trying to get an interview with Sonny Bono, and, and she was the publicist then. <laughs> wow, that's great. So Barbara introduced me to Harry Weinger of Polygram, and Polygram owned uh, Motown, and Polygram is now Universal Music Group. So in 1999, Harry invited me to begin producing reissues and compilations with him. 
and mostly for Motown. And it started off with the Supremes, Supremes Merry Christmas. So up oh, there's Mark, Mary, and I at Halloween. Um, That's with Mary with the working overtime here. Uh, she, she was Angela. She was Angela Davis, and uh, Mark was Chef Boy RD, and I was Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> so um, the 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 point of this story is that um, I began producing reissues and compilations, and it was it was 2000. We were working on the Supremes box set, the pink box set. Oh yeah, right. Just after um, the Return to Love tour. And so we were working on that. And Harry Winder calls me and says, I've got somebody on the phone. I don't have time. I've got to go into a meeting. I can't talk to him right now. Would you talk to this guy on the phone? And I said, sure. And he said, okay, the guy's name is George Solomon. And I went, because <gasps> I'd known George's work and, you know. And, and, so, his, and his arms. And, and, and the guy's not, so. <laughs> no. Thank and, you. And it was the same thing when I was introduced to Mark Bebo. It was like I'd read his books. I knew his work. So it was very exciting. And I and George and I started working on every single compilation reissue. And we began our expanded editions together as a result of that. And Mark has written liner notes for us. And we've all worked on projects together for together and apart for Mary, for Supremes, for Diana Ross. It's been great ride and it's great to work with these guys now i've got some group pictures so what is who are these people okay, that's, so the guy, the tall guy that's harry winder that is i thought our, so that's our executive producer on all of our reissues okay of course that's that adorable guy is me and yes <laughs> and mary wilson and that is kevin reeves our engineer who makes all of our oh right you've mentioned kevin a lot yeah kevin kevin makes everything sound great and it, even things that may not have been releasable you know, 50 years ago, we were able to do things now and make them just sound beautiful. And what is this picture, Andy? This is at the Heroes and Legends Awards. So you can see George and Yes, Mary. I do. That's Allie Willis, the songwriter. I knew wrote, Allie. She, yeah, we love Allie. She wrote for the Pointer Sisters and she wrote for Earth, Wind & Fire. She wrote September. And Anyway, uh, that's Paul Barker from the Motown Museum, from Pittsville, the Motown Museum. Me, Mark Bego, and our friend Jim Bahanna. Um, it's, it's quite a collection. Uh, Andy and George, I'm putting you backstage because I want to talk to Mark for a few minutes because I know he has to go. Guys, I'll see the two of you later. Don't go anywhere. Okay. <laughs> hey, Mark. Hi there. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm fine. I want people to know that Mary's last release, which is the book about the gowns, The Supreme Glamour, co-written yeah. by you. You also have written, oh, God knows how many other books, millions of books, it seems. And well, also, really, I, you know, I, I always consider you, and I don't know if, you, if there's overstating it, one of Mary's best friends. That's very true. And I did find out from Andy, who talked to Turkessa, Mary's daughter, that the phone conversation I had with Mary a week ago Sunday was the last phone call she made. Yeah. So I'm I'm very honored in that. And I'm, I'm absolutely so broken up over this. Uh, I really have lost my best friend. How she did was, you find out? Uh, I was getting my COVID shot actually in Phoenix at 1.47 in the morning, Monday night. And WXYZ TV called me and said, we need you on camera or on, on the air in two and a half hours talking about Mary Wilson's death. And I was like, what? Yeah. Now I will say Frida Payne, 
called me at nine o'clock p.m. and said, I heard a rumor. Andy Scarrow called me about 20 minutes later, said, I heard a rumor. I said, I've got to get this COVID shot and get this over with and then I'll deal with it. But I think it's all just one of those rumors. That's what I, I thought, too. Yeah, I have looked on the Internet and the only Mary Wilson who passed away in the last three years in the news was a woman in Boston who was yeah. clearly not Mary Wilson. So yeah. I didn't believe it at all. I just didn't believe it. And she was so upbeat. When I talked to her on Sunday, she was making all kinds of plans. Now, Mark, you need to do this. And would you write this? And I'm going to go through it. And then I want to come out to Tucson and look for real estate. She was going to come out here to Tucson. And it was going to be the beginning of a whole new echelon of Mary Wilson, Mark Bego projects. Wow. And then Monday came. And what a lot of people don't know, and maybe you can speak, and I don't want you to, you know, give any confidences away, but Mary had had illnesses. She had had, I guess, three or four procedures in the past year that she had referred to recently, which none of us knew about. And um, I guess the cholesterol was a longstanding issue. It was. And she had had operations or procedures where they would go in and clean plaque out of the arteries. And I knew this very well because I've had heart problems and we've even gone to the cardiologist together so I can introduce her to my cardiologist. Oh, wow. Apparently in November, just a couple months ago, she had gone in for another procedure and it was Uh was just a routine thing. Don't worry about it. Uh, We're just going to clean out plaque again. So when I talked to her a week ago Sunday, she said, "Um, I just don't seem to have any energy this weekend. And I I said, oh, well, I've had days like that. So I, I didn't think anything of it. Right. And, you know, it, you just don't think that because I've run the conversation through my head so many times. Should okay. I have said something? Could I have said something? What could I have said? I wasn't alarmed at all. She seemed to be in good care and she was relaxing. And it was just a Sunday afternoon where she wanted to talk and gossip and what have you. And she sounded so upbeat. I would have never suspected there was any problem. Never I- suspected. Do we assume that she was asleep when this happened? Do we know anything? We know that she was discovered on her Chase Lounge in the living room, unconscious. And I know that piece of furniture, she would sit there and read the mail or talk on the phone or whatever. So it was a comfortable piece of furniture. And apparently she lay down there or sat down there and was doing something and just fell asleep. And that was the end. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we none of us who are Mary's friends want her to have suffered in any way, shape, or form. And apparently she didn't at all. She just never woke up. Um, how did you guys get involved with collaborating on the Supreme Glamour book? Which, again, is such a great book for your coffee table. If you're a Supremes fan, you have to have this book. It's great. It was just a marvelous book to work on. When I met Mary in 1975 in Rochester, New York, and I met Sherry there that, at that same occasion. I met Mary and interviewed her for Record World magazine, which I was writing for. And I said to Mary, I said, I've, I've just left a job at Grosset and Dunlap Publishers, and I have an in there. 
I would love to write a book with you. So we started talking about writing a book together. Well, to make a long story short, it blossomed into the book Dream Girl. Mm -hmm. And although I was not uh, credited on the cover, I, I was thanked inside and I did have something to do with it. But still, right. it wasn't the book that Mary and I always wanted to write. <laughs> so uh, when this offer came by for Supreme Glamour, she had been in London and met with a publisher there. And they said, oh, my God we just really want to do a book with you and all the fabulous fashions of the Supremes. And Mary said, let me call Mark right away. I remember we got on a conference call immediately and started making plans for this book. So it was a wonderful experience. And Mary and I love to work together. We worked on a magazine for the 50th anniversary of the Supremes. Mm -hmm. She did the intros to my books. So what we did for Supreme Glamour is I went and spent a week in her apartment and we worked 24 seven on that manuscript. We had different pieces of it. We read the whole thing from end to end, had a great time barely ever left her apartment, watched movies, cooked together, laughed, told stories, and put this book uh, really to bed and, and uh, made it what it is. And we're so proud of it. When it hit number one in seven bestseller, on seven bestseller lists in Amazon, on both sides of the Atlantic, we were so proud. I am so thrilled to have finally gotten this together. And I said to Mary at one of our Barnes and Noble signings, I said, well, this only took 44 years for us to find <laughs> the book I always wanted to do. So I feel very happy about that. Um, before I let you go, there is uh, something, uh, a, um, uh, I don't think you took the photo, but you certainly were there, which is 2019 Academy Awards. Uh -huh. Mary sees Diana at Elton John's party and goes over. And we have well, this photo. What happened was- So I you could tell us. I was there with Mary. We were at a yep. big table right next to Elton John's table. At yep. another table was Diana Ross, very conspicuously. And she was sitting there. And Mary said, excuse me, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I said, okay, great. So she went to the ladies room. I said, you want me to you know, accompany you so she didn't get mobbed? She said, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. She comes back to the table. And she says, you'll never guess who I ran into on my way to the ladies room. I said, oh, my God, was it Diana? She said, no, it's Diana's son. And he was so thrilled to see me. Oh, Auntie Mary, Auntie Mary, I'll bring mother over to your table to see you. And I said, oh, brother, OK. <laughs> so I turned to Lorna Loft, who's like leaning on my shoulder. And she goes, oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> So a few minutes later, there was a commercial break because they were watching, watching the Academy Awards. And I see Diana get up from her table and the camera crews were all with her. And yeah. I looked at Lorna Luft and I said, oh, boy, here we go. She said and she said, she put her hand to her mouth. She goes, OK, kids, there's going to be fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Lorna Luft, who I just love. So Diana came over to Mary and Mary was sitting next to Quincy Jones. Yeah. And Diana leaned over to give Quincy a kiss on his cheek. And when she stood up, there stood Mary next to her. Surprise. Oh, my God. The flash bulbs just flash, flash, flash. It was crazy. And they had one moment on camera. And then Diana scurried off. That was it. There was no long conversation. But that was that was the last time Mary ran into Diana. And uh, there were no fireworks, but there really wasn't a lot of, of warmth and chatting. No. So it was it was an interesting moment. And I got to witness it 
from five feet away. And uh, there's the photo of you and Elton and Mary. There we are at one of Elton's parties. Yes, yep. absolutely. So. Mary looking just delicious. And I remember walking into the banquet room and it was Elton. We were there a little early. Elton was sitting at his table going through some notes and he looked up and he said, Mary Wilson and came running over. I was so impressed to see how how revered he he uh, had Mary in his eye. He was just thrilled that Mary was there. Loved her. Wrote liner notes to the Touch album right. back in 1971, 72. He was a longtime Supremes fan. And it was wonderful to see the two of them together and to be with the two of them. Uh, before I let you go, there's just a couple of the pictures I want to show. I love that uh -oh. picture. Yes, that was but in 2019. My it was a party I threw in Mary's honor when she was performing at the Ca Cafe Carlisle. Oh, and but my favorite picture is the Derby picture. <laughs> oh yes, we loved the Kentucky Derby. We went to eight of them together, and we would coordinate our outfits. We would make sure we got the color most colorful, most snappy things. We went hat shopping. We had a ball. We just loved going. To <laughs> together i'm so honored to have spent so many wonderful times with mary she's really my dearest friend and i miss her so terribly oh uh mark i want to thank you for being on the show there's more people backstage oh well i can bring on since frida Payne is here and i have this great photo uh oh oh i don't have it anymore but since you mentioned frida Payne. There is Miss Frida Ping. There's Hi. my boy, Frida. Hello. Hi, Mark. <laughs> uh, but Mark, I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to let you go. But thank you for doing the show, Mark. I thank really appreciate so it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I leave you in good hands, Frida. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Hey, Frida, I'm glad you were able to get on. Oh, finally. I'm not, <laughs> not, I'm not technically uh, astute, but I finally realized what I've done wrong. Okay. That's all right. When I saw you backstage, I said, she's okay. That's fine. I'm here. <laughs> Frida, I know that you, Mary always would call you and Rita Coolidge, two of her best friends. And um, I know that you guys go back. So this has to be a really hard time for you because it's your it friend is. and also a colleague. Right. I uh, actually, I, saw, I first met Mary back in the 60s and um I uh, as Sherry, I was listening to my sister Sherry, and she was mm -hmm. saying, "Yeah, I knew Mary." But I got to know her even better. It really, our relationship really kind of like uh, uh, gelled more uh, after Sherry joined the Supremes. Oh, and sure. Mary would have uh, uh, you know outings at her house. She had a once she lived on. She's lived different locations, but this time she was in the Hollywood Hills on the uh, Rising Glen. And this was before Torquesa, before any, any, before, and uh, really before any of the children came along. Wow. Um, I remember that because actually Mary turned me on to her um, veterinarian. And I'm talking about like, like this was like around 1972 or something like around 72 or 71. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have that same veterinarian today because wow. uh, I have, a, I have another dog, a Maltese. <laughs> Uh, his name is Teddy. But anyway, <laughs> when I think back, even when I talk to the vet he, and I say, remember how we first met? It was Mary Wilson who turned me on to you. His name is Dr. Ed Jordan here in Los Angeles. And I mean, this was I think Mary had three dogs. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he said, you know what? He says, I have to think when I think of Mary, she sent half a Motown to me. He said, 
<laughs> he saved my business. That's what he said. You know, you know, I showed the video, and I know you were watching it, of you and Sherry singing Back Up for Mary in Houston. I yeah. mean, what was that night like that all of a sudden you're like a supreme? Yeah. Which night in Houston was that? What year? I, you know, it's recent. And I guess you guys were What's there. Was it the songwriters? It was, uh, if it was in Houston, was that, wasn't that someplace in uh, Houston? It was called, oh God, because I, we had a, what they call a, a double billing. We had a double billing. Here's and, a little, here's a little clip. So tell me if this okay, rings any bells for you. Does that ring any bells? Okay, I think that might have been in Houston, and it was at an amphitheater, amphitheater in Houston. I think Texas. yes, I think it was. And I was also, I was, we we had a double billing, you know, yep. where I came on and I did my act, I I did my forty five minutes, and then Mary came on and did hers, and then when it came to doing the Supremes, because Sherry was there, and when it came to doing the uh, Supreme songs, I came, I I walked on stage and uh, with Sherry, and we did the background. How great. Yeah. Um, I Again, I think that it's one, you know, we talked about this with Darlene Love, is that there's this, people don't realize that you guys don't all see each other every day. So when your paths cross, it's a big reunion for you too. Oh, yeah. Speaking of reunion, I yes. was listening. I was able to, before I was able to get on the chat here, I was, my my niece, I had called there and I said, I can't get on. What am I doing wrong? And so she <laughs> I could hear you guys talking uh, and you were talking to Darlene and I was wanting to get on so bad. I said, oh. I'm, I'm, it was frustrating. But anyway, you started, remember with Shirley Ralph and you were talking about Shirley Ralph mm -hmm. and Diva simply singing. Yeah. Well, you've done a lot of them. I did the first one. I was on. The okay. First yeah. Well, one. here's that photo. There you are. And he said, where am I? There am I. There I I'm you right are. in the middle. I'm yep. right in the middle, uh, at the bottom, in the middle, right? And Brenda Russell is there. Yep, I see and you. That, what a night that was. That was such a night. And then, know? of course, we've got this other one of you. And there's fabulous. another one. I did I, I did several. You've done a lot. Several. Yeah. So it was so much fun. I mean, when I think back on it, I mean, what a life. What a life Mary had. And what, what a life you've had. No, but yeah, I, I, we, I have, I've had a wonderful life. I have no regrets. None, none of regrets, But, uh, but uh, Mary had has been such a great friend. You know, she was the kind of person she did. She wasn't jealous or anything like that. No. You know, some singers are jealous and they won't help you or they won't uh, give you suggestions of. Of, let's say, oh, girl, I know a place where you can get gowns wholesale and, and this and that. She would turn me on to her contacts. Yeah. And Mary also would, if Mary had a gig, a job that she was doing, and she's, and the owners or the people who ran it or booked it would say, do you have any suggestions of any other act that would be good, you know, you know, that we could book? And she would turn them on to me. Wow. She would turn them on to me. And even I even had a, a situation a couple of times. She did it a couple of times. This was the St. Louis Urban League, mm -hmm. and she had been honored by them. She had been a, 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 a lifetime achievement award, and 
she suggested me to be honored and they honored me the following year. Wow. And oh boy, that I mean, it was one of the greatest. This wasn't just a little small time thing. This was a big, big deal. And it was me and Yolanda Adams together. Wow. And that was because of Mary. So See? I have to I have to thank Mary was not just a good friend, she was a best friend. Yeah. She yeah. was a real, she was a real good person. And once uh, this was in Detroit, like I think three years ago, and uh, I was honored to get that Rhythm and Blues, the Rhythm and Blues uh, Hall of Fame award. Mm -hmm. Mary had already gotten the award the year before, and she was, and she, and she was the host and the moder and the moderator for the whole evening. Mm -hmm. And when she introduced me, and I came on stage, and I just said, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I said, you know our hometown girl, Mary Wilson, is an angel. She well, is yeah. an and angel. And now she really is. And she now she is with the angels because she is an angel and she'll be one of my angels. Oh, I'm though. sure. I'm an sure she's getting a kick out of this show. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I swear to God, I, I'm grieving. I'm as oh, I know. all of everybody on this that that you've been interviewing so far. I still feel it. It's not like. You know, when you hear somebody, Pat, you hear someone passing in the industry and you say, oh, well, oh, God, I'm so sad. But then in a week, two weeks later, you're like, OK, that's life done. goes on. Right. I'm over it. But I don't think I'll ever get over Mary passing. I mean, because Mary, it was like she was so vibrant and so as, full. As of Mark life. Yeah. said, as Mark said, he spoke to her the day before she passed. Uh, and he said she was just not just you know talking and vibrant and happy. She had everything to look forward to. Right. You know, it was like, what happened? You know, when you hear about somebody having an accident or in a plane crash, you know, there's no, you can't help that. Right. But this, you say to yourself, wow, why Life Mary? is fragile, though. And Life, and you know thank what? Thank God I, that it was quick and hopefully painless. In her sleep. And, yeah. but, you know, I keep feeling like this is getting too close. You know, well, when somebody passes away and it's somebody close, very close to you, I said, you know, I say to myself, this is getting too close. Right. It gets scary. It's sort of like, well, I guess I'm and see, Mary was the kind of person that took good care of herself. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. She didn't neglect her health. She didn't say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'm not that sick. You know, uh, she would she would if she she. She was a spa person. She took care of her body. She took care of her her health. She always made sure she saw her doc. Like you said, uh, she had she had had some uh, operations, some surgery. Like I think Mark mentioned it in November. She meant I spoke to Mary a week before she passed. Oh wow! I I just called. It was just a call to say, "Hey, girl, how are you doing? How are you handling this pandemic? You know that kind of thing." And and what are you doing next? And she said, oh, well, uh, you know, I'm going to I got, you know, something coming on use of universal and this and that. And right. And then she said I ha and then she mentioned I she had some surgery, but we and it had something to do with her leg, you know, like a vein in her leg. Mm -hmm. And she says, I'm fine now. And I, and so I said, OK, OK, well, I, I hope to see you soon. You know, I hope this thing gets, you know, hope we uh, can see each other soon. But um I just have to say that uh, we're going to miss Mary. Mary Wilson will direly be missed. 
Frida, I want to thank you so much for doing this. I know it was hard, but I'm glad we got it up here. And thank you so much for everything you have meant to all of us. I mean, you've been a great friend to this show, to the community. Every time I've seen you, you always are so warm. And um, we just love you. Oh, thank you, Billy. Thank you so much. And I, now I know what I did wrong. I should have gone right to my email. Instead, I, printed, I just I just printed it out on, you know, like on the search engine. And I should have just gone right to the email and clicked it on. So that's the mistake I made. Hey, it'll better late than never, Frida. Payne. But I'm glad I'm here now. <laughs> thank you for joining us, Frida. I appreciate it. Thank you. you Bye, welcome. sweetheart. Um, James, hold on. And then Ruthie, I'll have you on. Uh, James Gavin uh, is a good friend of mine. He's written a lot of books. And he collaborated with Mary on a show about Lena Horne. James, hi, sweetheart. Oh, come on in, baby. How's that? That's fine. Hi, honey. Hi, Billy. Thank you for bringing me here today. I, I love it. It is. It's so funny because I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry to have you on for this, but you and I were talking just last week about you coming on for a completely unrelated subject, and I said, "Well, we'll have you on when something comes up." And who would have thought? I was as shocked as anyone. Many people, many of your guests, have said that Mary was so vibrant and full of plans and forward-looking. I didn't find Mary. I, I traveled with Mary with our show from 2000 on and off from 2010 until 2017. And it's this, it's stormy weather. Yeah. And uh, we did it over 40 times. I spent yeah. a lot of time with Mary in airports, in hotel lounges, in dressing rooms, and on stage on over 40. Hello. There you are. Uh, yeah, that was in... Um, that was in Detroit, I believe. We went to her hometown in Detroit and played a place called the Dirty Dog Jazz Cafe. And that's where I got to meet Maxine Powell. Oh, Miss Powell, of course. Yeah, Miss Powell. Um, I was in Palm Springs in 2010 to promote the paperback version of Mylena Horn biography. Mm -hmm. She happened to be in town. She was playing the Palm Springs Follies. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. And... I had dropped by, I was with Bulldog Bill Feingold, the wonderful late talk jock, to see Kay Ballard launch her, uh, the audiobook version of her memoirs at Toucan's Tiki Lounge. Kay was interviewed by some big drag queen. And Mary <laughs> I, and Bill introduced me to Mary. Uh, I had had this idea of creating uh a show, rather than just me standing at a microphone talking about my book and reading from it, I write books about music. And I devised a show in which I would narrate the story of Lena Horne and someone would sing the songs of Lena Horne with a jazz trio and there would be videos and, and still images throughout. A simple format, but uh, it had occurred to me that Mary Wilson might be a really great fit for this. Right. I was in the same town as she was, and Bill introduced me to Mary, and she was everything that all of your guests have said. She was instantly warm and accessible and very easy to talk to. And uh, Bill said that I was promoting this Lena Horn book, and she said, I want to get in touch with Mary, uh, with Lena. And do you know how? And I said, Mary, I think it might be a little bit too late. And right. Lena died the very next day. Oh, God. And 
I had these the, the booking agents I was working with extended an invitation to Mary Wilson to do this thing that I had whipped up. And within a week, I got a yes from Mary. And that began a glorious time in my life in which I got to go to Australia twice and Barbados and travel to performing arts centers all over the United States with Mary Wilson in a role that she had never played before. Mary in her career had never really sung standards before. Mm -hmm. And Mary, as you very well know, had this beautiful, rich, velvety voice that had not been her Supremes fans who knew Mary only from the Supremes had essentially never heard Mary sing before. Right. Mary had done a solo album on Motown and she had done various solo efforts through the years. And of course she had a cabaret act and her Supremes act. But I thought that it would be wonderful if people could really hear the way Mary Wilson could sing. Right. And so I had chosen 11 songs associated with Lena Horne. Then we had Lena singing on video and my narration and so forth. And Mary Wilson sang the hell out of those songs. Oh, I bet. There were some in particular like Being Green and uh, Yesterday When I Was Young and Stormy Weather, where she just sounded like a million dollars. We got a standing ovation at the end of every single performance of that show that we did any and I got to uh, sit or stand on stage with the Supreme and to feel that Supreme's thing. Yeah. Learn how deeply meaningful the Supremes had been to people the world over. One of the most moving parts of every performance that I did was after the performance when Mary would run to the dressing room do a quick change, and then she would bounce out into the signing area, always to a big ovation. Oh, I bet. Looking sensational, by the way. Mary was a beautiful woman. Oh. She was zoftic, curvaceous in a kind of zoftic way. Is this a photo of her on stage in your show? Indeed it is, yes. I mean, I saw that, and that is so different than this picture. Now, this is one of the great pictures of all times, James. Sherry and Mary and Cindy Birdsong. You are with three Supremes. At one time. The second time we ever did the show was at a place called the Musicians Institute Concert Hall in 2011 in Hollywood. Oh, unbelievable. Rita was there. Sherry was there, and Cindy came out, and I got to meet dear Cindy. <sighs> and that moment happened, and I was levitating and and incredulous that this had fallen into place for me. Mary said, Mary changed my I'm rattling on and on. I've got That's to, okay. Mary changed my life by saying yes to this. And trust me, this was not a glamour tour. No, people don't realize these little shows, it's hard work. We were staying in Holiday Inns. Mary was flying economy consistently. Um, We were having breakfast in those dumpy Holiday Inn breakfast lounges. And that's... Ruth Pointer backstage is nodding like, I have been in that Holiday Inn. And, um, And the backstage... 
for the most part, we played lovely performing arts centers that were very professionally run. Uh -huh. Excellent lighting and sound and so forth. But my point is that Mary was a sport. She was a great sport. He wanted to do this. And it right. put her in this new context that she was very, very nervous about at the beginning. Oh, I bet. One of the first performances that we did, um, we were sitting in the middle of the auditorium during the rehearsal period, and the band was on stage. And Mary, I mean, keep in mind, she had hardly ever sung this way in her life. Right. Mary had a little Walkman-type gizmo with MP3s to bring the horn that she was playing into her ear over and over again. To get the songs. She was so scared. And once she got up there, once the once she had the show under her belt, which took a while, uh, Mary thrilled people, and I felt the electricity coming out at me. I've been, I've been on a lot of stages as a public speaker, but to be standing next to Mary Wilson on a stage was a whole other deal, because the love that people had for the Supremes the fact that they were seeing a Supreme on stage who was earthy and accessible and, and, and they didn't know how she could sing. That was the great revelation of right. people who were hearing her sing standards with a jazz trio. And Mary had that old-fashioned Apollo showmanship that those folk people had drilled into them. They were trained to... to Fairly well about dressing in a snappy, nasty, dazzling way. And they were trained to be entertainers and to give every person in that auditorium a good time. And I got to be there and see that in action, and it was getting. James, thank you. Uh, I've got to run because we've been running really long. Hold on. i got to get back on the screen. But thank you for talking to us about it because I don't think a lot of people know about that show. But thank you for sharing your memories. Thank you for asking me. Big hug. James, good seeing you, sweetheart. All right. She's been very patient. But, you know, I said this in my column. I've said it before. There were the Supremes. And there were the Pointer Sisters. And for me, the Pointers, because I came up, I'm younger than a lot of the Supreme fans. I came up in the Pointers era. So the Pointers were my Supremes. But I know that they always talk about how the Supremes paved the way for them. And I know that Ruth Pointer, who has been a guest on this show before and a good friend to the show, talked about how, the, how they learned poise and glamour and stage deportment from the Supreme. So please welcome my good friend, Miss Ruth Pointer. Hey, Ruthie. Hi, hey, Billy. <laughs> Ruthie, we didn't get the snow today, happily. Oh, my God. Thank God. We were so close. Because I had all these appointments today. I know. <laughs> I, I just got done doing getting my second COVID shot. Oh, did you get it? Good. My parents got their first one. They're getting their second one next week. Yeah, I just, just got it. Just came back. I was hoping that you know, I wouldn't have any kind of reaction while I'm doing this interview. No, I tomorrow. Tylenol, <laughs> so that it would kind of. They said take a couple of Tylenol or Advil after a couple hours afterwards. Did you have any reaction to the first one? Not at all. Nothing. Oh, good. Yeah, neither did my dad. My mom got that flu symptoms, but fingers oh. crossed you'll be fine. But Ruth, 
You know, the Supremes, the Pointer Sisters, there's such a close history there because it really was like passing the torch. It was for for us, you know. I mean, I I have admired all of the girl groups that came before me. Uh, you know, from the time I was a teenager, I, I was in love with the, the Chantels and Mark oh, Reed and the Vandellas yeah. and, and the Supremes. And, oh, my God, it, it was, you know, the Bobby Sox. All, all of the girl groups I loved and, and never really dreamed that we would be a girl group. I, it was not even in my in my future, I didn't think. But I was in love with those songs, and, and it was such an emotional state of mind for me when I would hear them. I would just cry. Oh, wow. And just listening to all these stories of Frida Payne and and seeing the old pictures of Allie Willis and, and, and Mary was just... Well, amazing. Allie, who wrote for you, who wrote yes, Neutron yes, Dance, Neutron and, Dance. Yep, yes. and so many great songs. And Mary was just such a gracious, as everyone said, you know, uh, she stayed in touch with me. The first time the Pointer Sisters met Mary, I think, was uh, one of the first uh, live performances that we did in the Los Angeles area. I can't remember the venue at the moment, but it was a theater. Uh-huh. And Mary and her husband at the time, Pedro mm -hmm. uh, Ferrer, came backstage and invited us to their home. And I was like, Whoa, really? We're, I'm going to a Supreme? House? A Supreme, I know, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Anita and myself and Bonnie went. I don't know if Jen was with us at the time. But we went to her house, and she was just so gracious and just talking about asking us about how we were doing because we were so new and so naive and, and just telling us things about the business and I don't remember everything because I was in such a daze, you know. Well, yeah. There, you know, but she continued to be a friend throughout most of my life because um, she would call me or she would, when, of course, when uh, iPhones came out, she would text me. Right, of course. And I had just, uh, when I found out about her passing on, on, on uh, Monday, um, I was talking to my stylist, Cecile Parker, and she was saying, Ruth, you, you talk to Mary all the time. And uh, because she had texted me or called me and said, you know, when she's coming to Boston at one point to do a uh -huh. speaking engagement and myself and another girlfriend went because my girlfriend wanted to meet her. And we went to, to see her speaking engagement, which was wonderful. But my, my stylist says, Ruth, you, you you know, you speak to Mary. Don't you have uh, any texts on your phone from her? And I thought at that time I was I, I wasn't sure if it was a speaking conversation I had had with her. Right. Or a text conversation. She said, look on your phone, girl. Look on your phone. I open up my phone messages and they're all there. The messages were from July of last year. Right. And August of last year. And I immediately it just it overcame me and I was, was weeping because she was telling me about the surgery that she was getting ready to have. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was saying, I'm on my way to San Diego um, with her daughter and her, and her grand girls. And she was telling me about how they had a new way of doing it through the wrists mm -hmm. to put these stents in. And I was reading it and just crying and reading this to my friend. Right. And then the next text was, the surgery went great. I'm good. 
okay and that she was going on about her plans and everything and i was like yay you know uh and she had prior to those two texts she had also texted me the day i lost my sister bonnie and was sending me love and hugs and you know just and i found this picture as a matter of fact i i don't if is this it i love this picture and if frida frida was frida is down there somewhere yeah if she's looking um what a great picture of them because you know uh anita and bonnie loved their pointer loved their supremes yes 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 but i shouldn't i shouldn't neglect this well, that's when she came to Boston for the speaking engagement. Oh, what a great picture. And my girlfriend, Jeannie Eversley, who was my heart, I just lost her last year. And she took that picture. You and I talked about this. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's, 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 I, you know, I try to take it as the cycle of life. You know, we're, we're at that age. But still, you know, you don't expect it. You don't expect it and you don't like it. You know, I sure don't like it. You know, can I, I'm going to ask you a question, which is just weird, but it just occurred to me, you know, you were part of a group like Mary was part of a group. Mm -hmm. And for years and years and years, people talked about Bonnie rejoining the group. Right. How, you and I, we've shown the clip, we've talked about it. I was there. Right. That you reunited with Bonnie just months before her death. You had that moment to be together again on stage. Well, we, yeah, we were at the museum. Mm -hmm. At the museum. Mm -hmm. And you'd also sung together at Cantor's before. People think, oh, they hate each other, they're not talking you know you still had a relationship obviously in your case your family but you got the chance to reunite on stage where mary never got that chance right 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 and how lucky you are that it wasn't like at the end you went oh if only i had done this with bonnie you did yeah yeah I was happy for that. Very, very happy for that. And I know, because I talked to you that day, you were in excruciating pain. (laughs) You had just gotten off a plane, and you had had knee replacement surgery, (laughs) and I said, how do you look so good? And you said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, is it hard when you're in a group that you lose somebody who, I mean, because in your case, it's a group, but it's also family. family but yeah. your careers are so intertwined. Yes, yes. It, it, it's hard. It's hard because, you know, when like most, especially girl groups, I can't speak for, for the guys, but it's yeah. probably, I'm sure it's hard for them too. Um, but, you know, when most of girl groups start off, they're just girls. They're teenagers, right? Pretty much, you know. I mean, June was sixteen when you know uh, I was in my twenties, you know, and 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 your life is just beginning, and you're not sure which way your life is going to go, how, what kind of turns and twists, what you know, whether you're going to have a family. Of course, when I got in the group, I already had two, but <laughs> I didn't know I was going to have three more, and. You know, you just, life just kind of takes you along and and you start to grow into different directions of things that you want to do for yourself as a family. And uh, that's where that rub comes in, you know, where, well, I don't like that. I don't want to live here. I don't Mm -hmm. like, you know, and there you go. There you go. 
You know, it, it, somebody said something interesting about the Pointer Sisters recently, and it sort of relates to the Supremes, is that even though you were sisters, you were also working partners. That doesn't mean that you're best friends every day of the week, that <laughs> that you're on the road. You're not all sharing like a suite. You might just be, we're not even talking, but you go out and do the job. Exactly. We do. I mean, we're sisters and we love each other. I mean, me and Anita talk all the time. And we I know. Together on the phone over our she was day. going to come on today, too. She had an appointment today as well. Okay. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> See? But, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's just human. It's human. You're not going to agree on everything, you know? No. And, it, again, sisters are not. You're working together. Exactly. And then you're not working together, and you can still love each other. You can Absolutely. have two thoughts and at the same time. we most certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes three thoughts at the same I'm, time. I'm telling you, because, I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, me and my sister are mad at each other, and we're, we're fighting right now over something or other, whatever. But no one else had better be trying to include themselves in our fight. Yeah, and actually, when I finish with you, I'm going back to George and Andy. But one of the <laughs> things about Mary is people always pitted her against Diana. But if you said something against Diana to Mary's face, don't you dare. That's don't my sister. I can do it. You can't do don't it. Don't do it. No, they were like sisters. And I every year, about yeah, all the years that you guys, when you were not performing with Bonnie, I have been with you girls with somebody would say, oh, Bonnie's this. And you're like, hey, it's my sister. Uh, hello. <laughs> I also want to I want to compare you to Mary in a way in the early days of the group you were not given a lot of the leads uh -huh. and you did feel kind of like relegated to the background but you always kept your composure and you're like I'm biding my time and I'm working my way was that a hard situation for you it wasn't for me because I made that decision on my own nobody did you? told me to do that Oh, you know, okay. my sisters didn't say, no, you stay in the back until we tell you you can come up front. <laughs> nah, nope. It didn't go like that. I knew how hard they had worked as backup yeah. singers before I came into the group. Right. You I were mean, the last even, one to join the group. People should yes, know. Yes. I mean, and even though we had sang together as four, as sisters years prior in my dad's church, there were some years in between where I was not with them and I knew right. what they had worked hard and established to get to where they were. And, and it was Bonnie and June and Anita. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in here, but I'm just going to wait, you know, and cause I knew what I, what I was capable of. And, you know, I, I bond with Mary on that level. I love yeah. hearing the story that you, that the guy was telling just before I came on. I can't remember his name uh, about her doing the Lena Horn show. Oh, James. Yeah. I, I, I could relate to it on a term where uh, my sisters were asked to do a, um, a USO tour and they declined. And my husband said to me, why don't you do it by yourself? And I was horrified. And I was like, I, by myself? Are you kidding? He said, oh, honey, you can do it. You can do it. You know, Anita and June didn't want to do it. And also, if you're afraid of doing it, that's why you should do it. I was determined to do it. Yeah. And my band said, we got you. So mm. we're, all of us will come with you. We went to Bosnia and Kosovo and 
I, it was the most incredible experience. I, one of the most, ex, you know, great experiences of my lifetime, really. And I, it gave me a confidence that I didn't even know that I had because I had to put in songs that I had never sang before. And I was listening to the guy talking about Mary and I was like, oh, my God, I know that feeling. You know, <laughs> I, I sang uh, Heat Wave by Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. I sang What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. And the, the guys would cry. I mean, uh, downtown Julie Brown was on that tour with me. And she was oh, crying wow. when I came off stage from singing that song. And I had I learned um, um, Bette Mettler's song, um, Under what is the Wings on Under. Oh, yeah, wings. right. Yep, yep. Yeah, Wind Beneath My Wings. Yep. I sang a Celine Dion song. I was like on a mission. What do you boys want to hear? We'll give it a shot. <laughs> Their favorite was Slow Hand. Well. Yes. <laughs> you may not be Anita, but you are a pointer. I, I did what I could do. <laughs> you know, can't nobody sing that song like my sister Anita now. No, but, you know, can I just say, you know, again, you're just such a part of my heart. And the Supremes and the Pointer Sisters really are part of the tapestry of so many people's lives. We hear a song and it reminds us of good times and bad times, but you will always be a part of our lives. I'm honored to be a part of that time. I think about it so much, especially especially recently. Uh, when I'm in my car and I, and I listen to Sirius Radio a lot, mm. and I'm like, man, what a time to be involved in music. Just the best music ever. And songs that we all know. Yes. Yes. Ruthie, I want to thank you for doing this. You're always there when I need you. I really appreciate it. You got a birthday, big birthday coming up. Coming up, babe. Big step five. Can you believe? No. <laughs> But you don't look it, so who cares? Thank you. Thank you again for doing the show. I really appreciate I it. We'll talk Mary. soon. I love Mary. She and I bond on both being Pisces, too. Oh, that's right. You're both Pisces. Yeah. Ruth, thanks for being on the show. Take You're care. You're so welcome. Thank you for having And me. hopefully no, uh, no uh, uh, reactions tomorrow. Hopefully not. So far, good. <laughs> Take care, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Okay, I, I said this was how I was going to end. I'm ending with George and Andy. Um, it's been do a hell of a show. Do you know how much I love, do you know how much I love the Pointer Sisters? Really? Oh, well, they are my Supremes. So I totally get it. They're my number two. All right. <laughs> you know, um, uh, you guys, uh, you know, some of the stuff, you know, we've touched on some of the hard times, but, you know, we, you guys hear it all the time because you hear it from all the Supreme fans. And there's the Diane camp, there's the Mary camp. I don't know if there's a Cindy camp. Um, but, you know, it's like you cannot be friends with all of them or like all of them that to like Mary, you have to diss Diana or if you like Diana, Mary is the devil. And yet I don't think what people know, they, it sounds so stupid if you didn't know them, they still had affection for each other. They didn't hold on to a lot of the issues. They moved on. I, you know what? I think in the earlier days, around the time of all the book, books and all of that, I want to say in the 80s, that was a harder time and more of a divisive time with, with what was being said on talk shows and things like that and with the fans. 
But at some point, I think we all turned around and went, look, you may not be a Diana Ross fan or you may not be a Mary Wilson fan, but what we're doing is coming from a place of love and celebrating all of the Supremes. And that's something we've always uh, focused on. Diana Ross is, is a monster talent and sang lead on how many of their songs. We're not taking anything away from that when we talk about Mary Wilson or if we talk about the Gene Terrell years or the Sherry Payne years. Well, we just focus on each one and each one of their talents and what they brought to the table. George, did you ever feel that you were sort of put in the middle or required to take a side with a fan? No, I, I never had to because, as Andy could tell you, these ladies have all been nice to us. Diana Ross was wonderful, wonderful to be around. Couldn't have been nicer. And every time I'd see her, she'd say, how's Mary? Have you, know, have you talked to Mary? Uh, so it, it, it's not like people think. And I, I know Andy, could. they were in touch even recently. Well, they, Andy, they on his, on Andy's Facebook, on Andy's Facebook Live, somebody talked about, oh, I'm going to go see, Di to Mary, I'm going to go see Diana Ross. And Di and Mary's like, oh, do you want to go backstage? Let me text her. And he's like, and he goes there and his name's on the list. So it's not like they weren't in touch with each other. They were. No, they were. And as, as Sherry said, even when they did the Return to Love tour, Sherry said, if Mary's name came up, Diana's eyes would tear. She, she said she wanted that. It's too bad it didn't, but she said there was definitely an affection there. You know, you know the Return to Love tour, we'll talk about it briefly. Um, I, I Personally, this is just my opinion. I think both ladies handled it wrong. Um, and I don't think from a malicious way, but just from turns of phrases that got blown out of proportion. And there was um, one clip I wanted to show. And again, this is not bashing anybody, but it's just, it's sad because there was an opportunity there that just got lost, unfortunately. And this is uh, Diana talking about it with Barbara Walters. So just take a quick look. I think if we had offered her the moon, she would not have uh, been happy. I doubled their offer so that she could come and do this tour. She didn't have to pay for anything, not a hotel room, not a car, not a gown, not a music arrangement, not a set, nothing. She would, all she needed to do was show up. When people say, uh, this is Diana Ross and the Supremes, it really isn't the Supremes, what do you say? Well, I think uh, she's been working as Mary Wilson in the Supremes and she's been singing my songs. <laughs> All, you know, and it's not her voice. I mean, I had a solo career for 30 years. I've been singing Supreme songs. So that got people crazy because they said, Mary singing my songs. She's not singing muscles. But what Diana meant was my part. Yeah, that, Diana didn't want to do that either. That, that was something she was kind of forced into doing. She's oh. the last person to ever want to say anything negative about anybody. Right. And I think it was... Uh, she ended up doing that in response to a lot of to the night before, Mary. right? And I remember asking Mary about that, and you know, it's funny. Mary told me, and I don't know if either of you can corroborate it. It wasn't about money; it was really about wanting to build a tour from scratch that 
Mary looked it to me. Mary always looked at the Supremes as a group of three people. That they, that's how they started out. They got a third each. Everything she didn't want to just show up to something that was set up. She wanted to build it together. And Andy, it seemed to me whenever Mary talked about it, she always talked about that camaraderie of those early years. That they were three little girls who built it together. Absolutely, and I think that if Diana and Mary had built the Return to Love together tour together, it would have had a different result. And I think that's what we see over and over again when a lot of business people get involved and take charge of the project and not the creative people who probably should be the ones putting it together. I think you see a different result. And I think that everybody had, I think it was a sad time for everyone. I very rarely talk about the return to love time period. Because I know. <laughs> it was, because I think it was a negative time for all of them and, not, and an uncomfortable, unhappy time. And not that we have to just only focus on the good times. We talk about all of it. But I think that I feel like they were all, they that both ladies were used in this situation. And if they had been involved directly, just the two of them, we would have had a di different outcome. Yeah, I used to always say that, like, if you could get them alone in a room and lock the door and say, we'll come back in two hours, it would have been a very different outcome. Sure. I mean, it's funny. I, 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 George knows this because I told him this at the time it happened, that uh, last year I met Barry Gordy. <laughs> Look, I'm towering over him. No, I'm not towering. But anyway, um, I had heard somebody said to me, the only person who could have put the Return to Love tour was Barry because he could have handled it. And I said this to him and he rolled his eyes and said, would have taken years off my life. <laughs> Um, and I read in an interview that he had actually advised Diana, you know what, at this point, you give Mary whatever she wants because the the outcome is going to be so much better for everybody. So it was uh, unfortunate. But off of the return to love, what um, you guys, you just put out, was it two years ago, the Funny Girls CD? Just this past year. This okay, this past no, year, which is so good. I never thought I was going to see it um, with all the alternate stuff that we never heard. What is still to come out? Well, there's a lot. Um, George has been working tirelessly. On reflection. George, you, you talk about it, George. I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell him. Uh, I don't know how much to say. Well, we we all want reflections to come out. Yeah. The, the great thing is there are so many things still, different vocals, times when Mary and Cindy are on a song that wasn't released that way with maybe Andantes or times when Andantes were on a song. Yeah, they, there's, there's so many alternates and we, we are so fortunate to get to do these. And it, it, it's like, we're, we're like kids in a playground. We're just really fortunate that we have the opportunity to get to hear these things that we dreamed about as children. And, and then get to put them out. And, and uh, I think w one of you said something really interesting, which is when fans roll their eyes like, oh, another greatest hit CD, those go out to really fund these expanded editions for the real fans. Sure. Different things. You know, I, we said that in an interview um, several years ago, and it was true at the time because they would put out another big package and they the 
those things sell very, very well because they sell beyond just to the fans. They sell to the casual person who at the time might be walking through at the then a record store today, uh, Target or something like that. Or now people who are doing their downloads on Spotify and things like that. They are listening to the hits. And so right. they show that there is still an interest uh, there. And then we do these expanded editions, which, you know, are such a pleasure to work on. And, you know, for us, it, it's like a big love letter to the artist or a big love letter to that to that album. And and, you know, we did and what our you know, George mentioned the other day was um, our Supremes a go go. And it was absolutely oh. beautiful and we loved it. And then I showed it to Diana Ross and she she got very emotional and she 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 held it and she looked at it and she said, this is just beautiful. And I think she was just excited about it because you could see her wheels turning and it's the same reaction we would always get from mary which was very very positive i want to be involved what do you need how can i help and and at the end of the day for you to get whatever that album is if your favorite album is i hear a symphony i want this we want this to feel like a love letter to i hear a symphony or a go-go or reflections or love child you know george said something um uh, which I thought was really interesting about talking about putting these all together is that really sometimes the fans don't want the extra ta tracks or wanting to know who was on each song because it kind of ruins the nostalgia aspect for them, that they want to keep it frozen in time the way they remember it. Well, I think that people... It's no secret that Motown often supplemented background singers with the Andantes. Well, they were on the Four Tops records. They were on Martha Reeves and the Vandellas records, the Marvelettes records. And it wasn't like they were trying to give anybody a slap in the face. They were just yeah. trying to make the best sounding record. But a lot of times we don't talk about who sang in the background because you don't, you don't want to spoil anybody's illusion. And also, I think that people also have to understand whether Mary was on the record or not, she was getting paid. It was nobody was taking money out of her pocket. So um, it just may have worked out that, oh, we need another version of this track. Who's in the in the studio? Right. The girls were on the road constantly. Right. Oh, they work tirelessly. The other thing is, is I had asked George at one point when I was uh, noticing so many of the liner notes for the classic lineup. And uh, Mary has always contributed, it seems to me, the most. And I said to George, you know, why doesn't Diana contribute more? Is it that she doesn't want to? And I don't know if you remember what you said to me, George. I'm Do you scared remember? to know what I said to you. <laughs> well, well, my Are recollection... I, well, yeah, because it was nice. So, yeah, okay, I'll say, it. say um, it. it was that a lot of times me, Diana would step back and say, why don't you let Mary do it? I think that she saw the Supremes as Mary's time. You know, uh, when, when it came to awards and things like that, I think she 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 gave that to Mary. As right. you said, she had a long solo career. And I, I think it was very nice that uh, she knew Mary was kind of the supreme supreme when it came to things like that. That was Mary's baby. Right. And if Diana had gotten involved, that does kind of overshadow anybody else. It could. Yeah, it, it definitely could. And uh, there was definitely a, a love there. 
And I, I'm not talking as if I, I don't know Diana Ross personally. You know, I've met her. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm the expert on everything she's thinking because I'm not. Right. This, this yeah, well, I think time, that's important to let people know. We're always very nice, but mm -hmm. I, I can't speak for her. I don't know what's going on in her head. We can only, right. we can only speculate about that. You and know, I... That, oh, go ahead, Andy. We, we say that all the time. You know, we weren't there in the studio. So we get the opportunity to feel like we were in the studio as we put these things together. And so we talk about it all the time. Well, George and I will sit there, you know, belabor it, go over it, over it, because you want to tell the story. And Mary was always very clear. She loves what we do. She wants us to keep doing that, but do not rewrite history. And right. we are very aware of that, that make, we, are, we make sure that we tell the story as accurately as possible with all the facts, without rewriting it, without overly romanticizing it or being hard because there are so many stories that don't give credit to Diana Ross where she's due or don't give credit to Mary Wilson where she's due. And so we try to make sure that it is everything that it is supposed to be. Um, uh, in Mary's last video, she mentioned you, Andy, specifically about projects coming out, which again, aren't official, but there is the hope that Mary's solo album, Red Hot, will be at some point coming out. We would love that. We would love that. Um, I don't have anything I can say about that right now. Let's sure. wait for some kind of an official announcement or a press release. But at that, but at that time, I would be very happy to talk about it. I'm always happy to talk about our projects. A lot of times, we don't talk about them because dates get changed, things happen. Um, we we are always very happy to talk. We love talking about our projects. We always talked about them with John Peroni. So yes, maybe, maybe now. We well, now you've got too. me. Exactly. You, um, we haven't really talked about Florence, but one of the things I loved about Mary is she really made it her mission to bring, keep Florence's name alive. And uh, I found this photo doing research for the show that is Mary with Florence's three daughters at the opening of the Motown musical in Detroit. And she would really try to bring the girls when she could. She would include them. She would let people know who they were which I think is always a lovely thing to do. Absolutely. She was and also, we should say, Diana did set up a trust fund for the girls when, they were, when Florence died. Yeah. So again, it's not all one-sided or the other. The fact that, you know, now, 40 years later, they may not be doing well, you know, what can I do? It's not my responsibility. It's, um, you know, Mary's, Mary's the most generous person I've ever known. You know, uh, I wouldn't have the career that I did, that I do, if it wasn't for her. She packed me up and moved me to New York. You know, um, that's, <laughs> she, she did, she did for me she did for for so many for so many of us i don't want to call them all out they, they they know who they are and and it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing when you can contribute and make people um part of something and for the for the for the for the chapman girls it's great because they are they the heirs to the legacy you know just like diana's children or mary's children whether you make your own career or not you know you are still an heir to this legacy and, and speaking of diana's children how lovely what i saw ronda and tracy wrote absolutely. were just they're, lovely they're wonderful absolutely wonderful and i you know i've been um you know i took a picture i've never posted it but i took a picture of ronda and, and mary at the opening of the motown cafe in 1995 and they were lovely together you know people think that it's some um, it's like it's like how Mark was talking about running into Diana's son. Everybody thinks that it's <laughs> right. horrible, awful, 
you know, a battle between the two of them. And it's, it's not like that. They have a private relationship. And just like, uh, you know, what you were talking about with Ruth, they have a private relationship. And what happens on stage is one thing. What happens off stage is another. And it doesn't always have to play out negatively in the press as it has at different points in their career. I think it's great that they were able to come together and, and find the relationship that they wanted to have before Mary's passing. Was it you? Yes, go ahead. You know, you talk about how Mary was with Florence. Do you know Carl Fierbacher? I do. Yeah, Carl. It's like for Mary, he's another one. He ran the fan club for years and is even now involved. He's not the kind of person who who likes to be in front of the camera, but Carl is right. uh, was a very dear friend of Mary's and does so much to keep her legacy alive as well. You know, and, and it's funny, Andy talked about on his Facebook Live, live how he can almost trace everything in his life back to Mary Wilson somehow or another. And so many people became so important in my life, I can trace back to the Supremes, or I have to say the Pointers. Um, but like Randy Tarborelli, who's not here... Um, meeting Randy, I had call her Miss Ross on my nightstand as a teenager. It was like my Bible. And so when I got to know him and hear the stories of him running the fan club for the Supremes or working for the Supremes and coming out, he owes his career to the Supremes in sure. large portion. So we all have this. Um, George, was it you who told the story of going with Mary to the Motown Returns to the Apollo? Yes. Well, I was working on the show as a consultant, and Mary was not invited to be on the show. Which no, was she was Because she should have been. And, uh, but she came. But it was at that time, as we talked time. about. And that's when she, uh, we wanted to get Mary on the red carpet, but she hadn't been invited to be on the red carpet. So uh, her, <laughs> and I, her and I snuck around back and Mary's in this beautiful gown, and, and you know we're direct. She's we're, we're climbing through hedges to get. But and I knew as soon as the press saw her, they'd go nuts, and they did. So she did get her red carpet moment. It was kind of in a funny way, but she she got it. And she got called on stage. Who was it that called her? Who said, "I see some other backup singers out there." Well, I think it was uh, Bill Cosby. I think Bill Cosby may have. Yeah, Bill Cosby, right? And, and it was for and, downtown and, lover. And she sang with Stevie. Uh, part-time lover. Part-time lover. Stevie Wonder and Boy George. Yeah, during, during part-time lover as well. And it's funny because you tell that story and there's a parallel story in Mary's book, I think, in Mary's book, uh, from going to Motown 25 that she wasn't invited on the red carpet, but, you know, you're not going to stop Mary from hitting a red carpet and having that moment that she deserved. You know, it wasn't just Mary that that would happen to. We, oh, really? We've been to lots of events. I went to, um, uh, I think it was Motown 45. Uh, that's the not the documentary, the special. So it was the documentary was 40 and the special was 45, I think. That's and the one with her and Kelly Rowland? Yes, okay. yes. Mary had, been, Mary had been very sick and had just gotten out of the hospital and probably shouldn't have been performing at all because she really wasn't in, uh, you know, a, a healthy space. She had been in the hospital for a few weeks. So she came and was, I was there for rehearsals and things. And uh, we got a phone call um, that we had all these extra tickets and what are we going to do with them? And so we, we started making phone calls because we found out that 
so many of the Motown family weren't invited. So <sighs> we're making calls to Janie Bradford and Claudette Robinson. And, the, you know, I mean, other I think the Hollands were invited, but so many other Brenda Holloway. We wanted them all to be there and be part of this. We weren't sure how it was going to go over. But if the audience is going to be just a bunch of people, it should be the Motown family. And so Mary, of course, was invited to this, but these other artists weren't. And so it was our pleasure to be, bring them. And at the end of the show, there was a finale. And I saw them all looking at each other saying, saying should we go up? And I said, yes. And I got up out of my seat, <laughs> go, go, go. And everybody sort of started rushing the stage. And it's kind of the, the, the thing about Motown, you know, when they always say competition breeds champions, but you can't forget about the love. They mm -hmm. know that if you don't take your spot, it's just going to get taken. So get up there and, and take your place. And I think Well, and also, so many of the people who run things now don't know. Yeah. It's not necessarily we're trying to slight Brenda Holloway. The person who has the clipboard never even heard of her, unfortunately. Sure, and, that, and that's, that, but that's the entertainment business in general. So everyone, yep. Mary spent a lot of, of her career reminding people that she was Mary Wilson. And and so I don't think that anyone ever begrudged anyone else to remind, you know, to say this is Brenda Holloway and this is and Mary was always very generous that way to say, oh, you know, in the audience tonight we have that mm -hmm. kind of thing. It was always always very good, um, and I think that's the Motown way. It was it was it full was. of love. And it's yeah. it's beautiful to hear how Martha Reeves speaks about Mary. Yes. Well. Oh well, they also toured together so yeah. long as the late leading ladies of Motown because they are. Yes, and Martha has, you know, Martha's a kind lady. She had beautiful things to say about Mary. As you said, they were on tour together quite a bit. And uh, I, I think back, Martha Reeves was a great friend to me as well. Just uh, it kind of took me under her wing early oh, on, wow. as, as Andy said about Mary. And Martha agreed to do a little performance with me and just uh, a, a lot of little things. And I was just so reminded of this when I saw how beautifully she spoke about Mary. You know, we, article. you know, one of the things that we talked about is that um, these people all, you know, as I said earlier to Darlene Love, Mary Wilson was, it will be remembered as a member of the Supremes, as a backup singer whose voice you may not recognize immediately unless you're a real fan. And yet she is a name. And I can't think of any other backup singer whose name the entire world knows. And nobody handed that to Mary. Mary created that herself. She sure, she did. And that is an amazing tribute for somebody. I don't know how she did it. Some ways people may say, well, she did it by this or that, but she still did it. I think for all of the artists that are out here performing and singing and doing what they are doing with any, who, who didn't hang it up, who didn't decide to go get a nine to five job somewhere, who are still doing it. It's about survival. It's about saying, I want to sing. I just want to get out there. Darlene said that I wanted to sing. So I kept I took all these jobs. I think it's the same thing now. You know, you you, you want to sing, you want to be part of that. You know, no one wants to be forgotten. I I know so many of the former artists who feel alone and isolated, and they they don't know how much they are loved. They are loved by us. I mean, treasured by us. And they just time, have to put themselves out there. They just have to put them exactly. And Mary did that. Not everyone else does. 
You know, there when whenever something would happen, I'd say, I wonder if I'm going to see Mary. And when Motown the Musical broke on Broadway, there she was, boom. And she made sure, hi, I'm there. And you're not going to forget about me. And I said, Mary, how did that all come around? Who arranged that for you? She's like, no one arranged it for me. I went. That's it. You take your place. Yeah, but and also, you know, for, but for the critics who will say, well, Mary was in the audience and shouldn't have been on stage or somebody would say something like that. No, she should be. Because you know who else wasn't invited on stage? Gladys Knight wasn't invited no. on stage. And, and so she showed up too. <laughs> and they all said, we're, you know, because that's what they were told to do. If you're not invited up here, you don't just sit in the seat. You get up here because that's what, and they, and they know that every Motown artist knows that. Yeah. And the other thing is, again, she is portrayed on stage. So if you deserve, if you're, if you're big enough to be in the show, you're big enough to get up and take sure. a bow. Sure. Um, one of the things that just hurt my heart, this is the last we're going to end, was that I just always held out hope, as stupid as it is, because I'm a little gay boy in a Boston suburb, that... Even though Cindy is ill, even though they're getting older, that someday they would be together. Bowing on stage somehow is inexplicable as it was. And with Mary's passing, that dream has died. And that's what's very sad for me. I think but it's how you look best. at it. Oh, go ahead, George. We have the very best of them. Yeah, the, I know. The best memories. The, the, they would never talk what they did. Watch the Ed Sullivan show. Watch TCB. See the beautiful times when they were together. And and that is the memory that we hold on to. Absolutely. We're, uh, you know, again, we have that last moment of seeing them at Motown 25. Where, by the way, they looked fabulous regardless of what happened. You're never, Mary would never look more beautiful than that night strutting on stage in that red dress. So seeing the three of them together, even in a truncated, not great version, we did at least get it. Yes. yes but you Were either of you there? I, I was in Las Vegas at the time. I was, I was not. I was, I, was, I was a little <laughs> boy. <laughs> he wasn't born. I'm Go ahead, Andy. So you can do the math, okay? What were you going to say, Andy? Um, I was going to say, you know, someday we'll be together. The idea, we will be together. And they did, okay? And yes, we would like them to do it again and again and again. The truth is, they came together on their own. And right. it didn't have to be the, the reunion that the fans, that the, the little gay boy and all of us wanted to have. You know, right. I, 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 I very aware that that was going to be something that was maybe never going to happen or maybe would happen. The fact that they came together on their own is something that means more to me. It's private. It's personal. It's between them. I don't know what was said, but you know what? They came together and that's all I needed to know. Right. You know, right. So. Well, I think that's a great way to end the show. George and Andy, really, uh, I wanted to end with you two, and I told you this beforehand, because you two really are keeping the Supreme's legacy alive with Henry and other people, but um, we owe an incredible debt to you, and generations to come will be reminded of their work through your work, so um, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Thank really. you for doing this. Well, it was a lot of juggling. And uh, the, like I said, I'm very pleased to say nobody that I asked said no. 
I have some people were too upset. I haven't seen this many female stars on one bill since Oprah's Legends Ball. (laughs) And can I say, literally, I pick up my phone and I call Cheryl Lee Ralph for Darlene Love. And it never stops me from thinking that to people who are Supremes fans, these are like the the idea that you could call Mary Wilson, which you guys were able to do, you never don't you're still a fan on some level and you do have to pinch yourself and say i've got mary wilson's phone number i just got a text from cindy yeah it never stops no and the supremes will be with us forever so i just want to thank you guys george and andy thank you for doing the show i really appreciate it thank you Billy. thank you and uh uh we we uh, we went so long. This is as long as Andy's Facebook Live. If you guys stay, I'll say hi to you when we're all done. Um, Thursday, it seems like such a letdown, but er- actor Eric Roberts is going to be here. And if you don't think I'm going to ask him about Julia and Emma, you're crazy. Did you just watch the Supreme Show? I ask all the questions. Eric is like the nicest guy, and we've had so many great conversations, and you forget what a huge career he has had. So I'm thrilled that I'm going to be able to have him on Thursday show next week. I can't even tell you. You won't believe it. Um, thank you for watching Billy Masters Live. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I was Billy Masters. I am Billy Masters. And if we're here, we're live. Bye, guys. Thank you.